I wish we could lead the show with saying that you're going to get value from this show. You need to share this show. My whole goal in life is to really help people improve and allow everybody to access that because a lot of the, the official Stella Ganglion blocks that people get, it costs about three to $5,000 for per procedure to have that done. Well, in the regular world, I don't know anybody. And they, they were receiving multiple injections. It wasn't just a one-time right. thing. I don't know many of the lay public that can afford to pay that kind of treatment for something. And so in order to make it minimally cost and you know, make it cost effective so a lot of people can access it, I, you know, I do it a little bit, quite a bit differently. Hey, flat during good times, tall tell some big lies, fall under your category. Get with Aaron and Joe's cause you know you want to go and hear them cooking up a story. Just get with Aaron and Joe's. Hey, you know you want to go and hear them cooking up a story. Oh, tonight's show is being brought to you by Coorsy Smoked Meats of St. Joe, Arkansas. They are, without a doubt, the best bacon house you've ever seen. They do other meats as well. They've got deer sausage and ham. They do smoked cheeses, cheddar cheese and Swiss cheese. If you're ever coming up to the Ozarks from... Little Rock or Memphis or anywhere south, go up Highway 65, stop at St. Joe, get you some Coorsies, bacon, and other smoked meats and cheeses. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of Cooking Up with Stories with Aaron and Joe. This episode, we have Dr. Sarah Knife Chief. Sarah, how are you? I'm good. How is everybody? We're doing Man, we're great. back on top. We're back Excellent. on top. That's where we need to be. Yeah, well, thanks for coming in. I'm, I'm really excited about this episode and to pick your brain a little bit and have it sit down and have a quality conversation with a legit doctor because sometimes we act like experts around here and we're not. Well, Same. And me and Martinez is like at the pinnacle of health. <laughs> if you couldn't Perfect. tell. And, and uh, I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is going to be great. You really are on top. Roof. I am on top. <laughs> That's great. Well, Sarah, let's dive right into it. Uh, how we like to start is tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Tell us where you grew up, how it all started, um, and kind of walk us into what got us here today. That's the hardest question that people have to answer whenever they are in job you know, job um, interviews is tell us about yourself. Oh, yeah. okay. Let me make I it easier. I don't like to, but I'll start. Let's start at your... Let's start your, at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, I'll start like this. What did your dad do for a living? He's an OBGYN. Oh, yeah? And that's so, a, actually so a great story. So was he at the story. beginning? He actually was. No uh, pun intended. He, he had just finished his residency, and the attending physician said you just finished, do you want to deliver your child? And he said yes, so I was the only child don't tell everyone, that he delivered. Wow. Yeah. No the only? Yes. the only one in the family. I guess. The, the only, only one in the, the family. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Okay, so, but not the first. No, not oh, okay. the first, but the only that. one in the family. That's yeah. a high-risk uh -huh. deal, yeah. delivering. Oh, home. I know. Your own? But, yes, what did, did your mom work? No. I mean, yes, she raised seven That's hard children. Work. Okay, so that, that was my <laughs> So question. that was hard work. Yeah. But uh, so uh, interesting story. I was born in San Diego, California. Good weather. Um, very good weather. But the funny thing about that, I was born on September 11th, which is not a great day. Yeah. And there was an unusual 
thunderstorm that came through San Diego when I was born. So you oh know, wow, it was just born like born in San Diego. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Absolutely. Um, and then so I I grew up in San Diego when I was getting ready to start junior high ish time frame. My dad's father had gotten sick, and he lived in Pawnee, Oklahoma, on the reservation. And so my father wanted to move closer to him because he was getting older and frail. And so I feel like he just took a dart out and threw it on the map in Oklahoma, and it landed in this place called Claremore. Right. Okay. And we drove there uh, straight through from California because every time we drove to Oklahoma, it was straight through, no stopping. And mm-hmm. we pull into this town and I swear I still see there was a Brahms on one side a car dealership on the other side and I swear there were tumbleweeds like going (laughs) across the street I don't doubt it and I thought I was in hell no you were at the home of will rogers <laughs> absolutely how old were you tumbleweeds or i was like walmart yeah, tumbleweeds <laughs> yeah. i was 12, that's 12. but my your, sister was a senior in high school and she was an amazing swimmer and she was on the water polo team so i couldn't really complain that much because oh my gosh she gave there up wasn't water, any polo. water polo over there nothing <laughs> so Aww. you said you're you're one of seven i am where do you line up in that I, I'm the, I, well, I was the middle child before we adopted the seventh child. So the, the, our, my youngest sister was adopted. Okay. So technically I was three of six. Okay. So how long had your family been in California prior to leaving? So I, that, that's part of where my story begins and part of the good part of my story. Um, so just add a little background. I'm I'm Pawnee. I'm actually Skeety Ban, which means Wolf Clan of the Pawnee Nation of Oklahoma. And we originated from kind of the Kansas, Nebraska, and southern South Dakota region. And actually, our tribe expanded down into Mexico. Um, and we would steal horses from Mexico and bring them up quite often. Um, and so... When they moved us into Oklahoma, into the reservation, it was my great-grandfather and my grandfather, and then the four boys, because they had four boys, grew up in Pawnee. Well, about 1957 or so, the government came up with this brilliant plan called the Indian Relocation Act, Mm -hmm. in which they were going to assimilate the Mm. natives into the community. Spread them out. And my grandfather had previously been forced to go to boarding school. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to talk I about think, that, too. Yeah, there were a lot of horrific things that occurred in boarding school. And my grandfather was a very intelligent person. And he knew that he didn't want his sons to be stuck in that sort of educational system. And so he took the opportunity to leave. And so you could pick one of five states, um, and you were able to get $50 and a week stay at the YMCA and that's all they gave you. (laughs) So he packed up the four boys, his wife, my grandmother and his father, my great grandfather who literally had only been on his homelands and traveled via horse and buggy (laughs) and drove off to LA. Wow. Off to wow. California. And this was in 56? Like 57-ish time yeah. frame. So, so for our listeners who probably haven't dug into the, the boarding school. No. Because um, that's something you have to search out and mm-hmm. you, you have Absolutely. to look I have for. not, yeah. So, Aaron, I, I'll give you just a brief and then I'd like to hear your yeah, opinion on welcome. it. But one of the things is, is education, public schools, 
still to this day is is a training vessel to get everybody on one page right um early on public education was actually one of these things that it was a good way to use or to simulate but it it was a good way to train our young men to follow and so that way when it come time for battles for wars it was it was uh, you'd already given this lineup of this is the boss and you do what they you say follow orders and so it was that's what education public education was for mm-hmm. now when it comes to the native americans there's still there's there's pieces of these schools still out here um, you don't have to drive very far to get to one of these schools to where they would take all the children because they felt like they couldn't educate the adults the elders and so they would basically steal the children from the families and they would try to educate them in this american christian deal and part of it was you need to lose all the red out of you Mm, and so the families i've I've studied it quite a bit. Not honestly. I think, I think back then was predominantly Catholic. Absolutely, it, yeah. it was, and there was a lot of vicious abuse and absolutely pedophilia and all kinds of stuff that took place. But the families, they still loved their kids, and and boy, there's so much I want to talk to you about. But they would actually put their teepees out in front of these schools. Yes so that maybe the kids could look out and see that we're still Indian. Oh, right. Man. Yes. And sometimes the kids, oftentimes the kids would run away. Mm-hmm. And then when they got them back, obviously they'd be severely beaten. Right. And sometimes, well, quite often beaten to death oh, and buried in unmarked graves. Or It was a pretty horrific... Dive into this deal. Yeah. I mean... I, I, one of my... So my grandfather went to the boarding school in Pawnee, which is still up. The The remnants of the school is still up, and you can still go in there. And they they did find, you know, skeletons and things in the basement. So but they haven't really delved into everything about the Pawnee boarding school, but they are starting to look at many of the boarding schools in Oklahoma now. They they started in Canada. The, and the Nations. Canada tragedies are horrible. I've listened to several of those stories. Have you heard? So they interviewed an elder First Nations woman. She was very old. And she talked about how, because the woman's responsibility was to rear the, the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did overnight they came in and took the children from the tribe and she said yes just came in and took the children and she says that she remembers overnight the sound of laughter of the children were gone and overnight the woman's uh responsibilities responsibility um was was gone and so because of that we talk, I talk a lot about intergenerational trauma because I do a lot of trauma work today. Um, because of that, the subsequent children that they would have, um, they became very detached from them. And so because they knew in a moment's notice they could lose that child. And so how did that affect the multiple generations of women and children? Drastically. Pretty drastically. Absolutely. But it, yeah, so it was, a, it was a horrific thing and still you know they're uncovering atrocities all the time horrible was the, there was a spinoff of uh yellowstone is what was that 1883 or the whatever 
and there was some of that. In the, you know what I'm talking about? I haven't watched that. I did watch Yellowstone. So yeah, so there's Yellowstone, and then there's a couple of spinoffs, 1883. Yes. And in one of those movies, they show exactly that. And one of the girls that was in there, I mean, they were Catholic priests and nuns, and they were terrible. Abusing her. Terrible. Oh. Terrible. I mean, they were basically beating the Native American out of them. Absolutely. I mean, and, yeah. you know, That's all they knew. the hair is such an important part of first our culture. First thing they did was cut and, their hair. And the first thing you do, cut your hair, which yeah. is... Yeah. Devastating. For, yeah. It, it yeah. puts you in mourning. You there's, know, you there's some great oh pictures that kind of show exactly what she's talking about. Right. And, and the kids are all dressed in white standing yep. out on the front porch and their hair is all cut mm-hmm. and if you decided your hair wasn't going to be cut well it was getting cut and, right and you were getting cut too absolutely yeah. and, and so because of that reason my grandfather was willing to do whatever it took to get his, his children out of, out of there and i i would love to write a book someday on the travels from oklahoma to california because some of the stories were so funny uh, my dad tells one story of they they go to sleep one night and they pull up to this tree and they're in the middle of the desert and my grandfather gets out of the car it's completely pitch black outside and he sprays bug spray all through the tree for like 20 minutes and then he said about 10 minutes later all of a sudden you hear this thunk thunk (laughs) Thunk, 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 thunk. Everything falling out of the tree, and my dad's like, I'll just sleep in the car tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So was was your native language ever spoken? My grandfather spoke it fluently, um, and interestingly, and so did uh, my dad's two brothers. But my dad, and we'll talk about that, he ended up going into medical school and other things, and, and his two brothers were really deep in the culture, and so they all spoke Pawnee fluently. My grandfather had a stroke later in life, and when he woke up from that stroke, he couldn't speak English anymore. He could only speak Pawnee. Wow. Man, that's so great. it that's was lucky amazing. that my uncle spoke Pawnee. Spoke or, to, oh, yeah. to know what he was to saying. To know what he was so saying. So do you speak any at all? I do. I speak a little bit because they've started um, really, um, they've started programs in multiple different tribes of revitalizing the language, and our tribe included. So even my kids have some little sayings that they know. It's difficult to learn because there's not many vowels. Most of the words are very long, and we don't have an R in our language. The R is a D, hmm. um, which makes sense to me because I always struggled saying my R's growing up. I had to go to speech therapy, so I just wonder if that was because we right. just didn't have the R in our language. Sure. But <clears throat> so they, they go out to L.A., Luckily, my grandfather was an intelligent person. He figured out how to get a job right away um, driving buses, and they were able to find a home that they rented out. And the home happened to be two stories with a with a garage, separate garage. And so many of the Native people that were going out to L.A. had never had a job, didn't know how to write a resume, didn't know how to do any of that the stuff. The structure of just work. Absolutely. Right, right. And so of that kind of work. Yeah, of a job. And so a lot of them would end up drinking themselves to death on Skid Row and things like that. And so my grandparents saw what was happening. And so they started collecting clothes, extra clothes from the community, extra food from the community. They started collecting people that could teach 
the native people that would come out there how to fill out a job application. They would allow people to stay in their garage for a certain short period of time until to they got a get job. On their, get on their feet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that developed into the Orange County Indian Center, which is still oh, open wow. today. And this mm. was probably all of Native Americans, not just Pawnee, but all. Cherokee or just whoever. All. Yeah. And so, and they actually had their 75th year um, anniversary not too long ago, but it was right in the middle of COVID, so nobody so was So that really was traveling. founded by your family? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That's cool. That is amazing. Yep. And what was that called? Orange County Indians Indian Center. So one of the things that it's hard for the general population to understand is, like, if you Google how many Native Americans were here at the time of the Europeans, what kind of number do you think that is, Bill? In the whole continent? Yeah. 400,000. Well, I'm going to say millions. Aaron, yeah, I'm in millions. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. It was tens of millions. Yeah. yeah. Tens of millions of Native Americans. And so we have this picture in our mind. I meant in Arkansas. (laughs) 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 Benton County. Well played. We we have this picture in our mind of there's some Indians hanging out over there by that big rock and Mm -hmm. Mayflower shows up. Right. They come with one of Martinez's cornucopias. Is that the word that you use? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The they show it. up with the cornucopia. There's a pumpkin in there, and uh, a couple of trout. Damned old turkey right. has some trout that they hadn't used to put that in their garden. Gina Lola Bridget, it was. <laughs> and this this is how the Indian and European culture started. So there, I guess before I I didn't. How were relationships between different tribes? Rough. Oh, I mean, well, some, were, some were allies it, and some were mortal enemies, right? Right. Yeah. And most of it had to do with um, hunting seasons and encroaching on other and tribal nations' lands. Yeah. But other than that, you know, they didn't all the time just go and battle. It, battle. Wasn't, a more, it wasn't a prejudice people. deal. It was basically just fighting for land and, or yeah, that kind of and stuff. food but it, it became more prevalent as the colonizers moved and forced tribes into closer, yeah. because yeah. we didn't have the same languages we couldn't communicate mm-hmm. what we were doing there and written language was right probably not not almost so, non-existent. so how many okay so i know cherokee is a written language was pawnee a written language no it was mostly I know, I know an so, oral yeah, I know a lot of them weren't did we, you know that yeah, yeah. We had uh, we had an estimation for just our tribe. Uh, we they estimate the time of the colonizers when we, then when they were introduced to us. We had about over seventy five thousand tribal members. Uh, by the time we ended up in the reserve in Oklahoma, they uh, had maybe about three hundred and seventy. Oh my god! So, so we Pawnee, were completely decimated. Were Pawnee originally from Oklahoma? No, well, you, but you said yeah, Kansas, yeah, right. Nebraska, Kansas. Yeah, down South into Dakota. Mexico. Yeah. So. Because everybody thinks of Oklahoma as Cherokees. Right. You know, they were in North Carolina. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So one of the easiest ways to to get rid of people is, A, starvation. You take away the food. You're, you're taking away the soul of the people. Right. But the other thing is, is, is the loss of language. Yes. And so you can completely erase somebody a culture mm-hmm. if you don't have language and especially for a tribe that doesn't even have a written language right. Right. and so 
the the natives who are still here are so dependent on the elders that have a little bit of that language in there. I watched a deal a while back on on the Aborigines, and they had like at the time the Europeans got there, they had over three hundred distinct languages, mm-hmm. and they're down to twenty. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's what's happened in North oh, America. Oh, absolutely. And also to take away their spirituality, because prior to Catholicism being forced into their um, culture, uh, th- we were very much connected to, we, we call it a Tias God creator, yeah. and the earth. And so we were very spiritually powerful people. Um, and have you heard of the ghost dance? Yeah. Yeah, so even we were so powerful spiritually that the government outlawed the ghost dance and the ghost dance the purpose of that was basically they would they would paint themselves white wear white and they would dance and they would sing to god and they would say you know basically we don't know the answer we don't know what to do tell us what to do and it was such a powerful ceremony mm-hmm. that it it was outlawed and it's actually still outlawed today which is very interesting it's weird right right it's uh, we have a lot of Christian mm-hmm. listeners, right? And you know, it's sometimes it's hard for people to realize that their religion is flawed, right? Just like every human, just mm-hmm. like, right. and and the Bible clearly states that absolutely that everybody is flawed, so it should come pretty obvious, but it's, unless it's you, <laughs> it, it, it should be pretty obvious that that we're. Flawed. I don't mean you, Joe. No, I'm one. I'm, I'm a flawed sucker boy. Um, but I've are. always, I, I, you know, when I think about like Martinez is huge in Western movies, but I remember seeing the Indian guy on the side of the road looking at the trash. Right. And he wasn't even Indian, right? Right. He's Italian. <laughs> he was Italian, and I have a funny story about Let's hear him. It. Yeah. So, my grandfather, because he started that society out in California, and he was, in actuality, they ended up working at the um, Indian village at Disneyland. So, my grandfather would play, beat the drums. He made drums, um, and my father and his brothers would dance in the Indian village. But um, he talked about him and for some reason i'm trying What's his name Martinez? a blank on his name the the tear chief george I'm trying to think of his name but it was it was a play on his name he was italian he was italian he would come uh, over to my grandfather's house and because he was so interested in our culture and he was not somebody that was trying to degrade us or mm-hmm. make fun of us um he would my grandfather would teach him iron eyes cody. iron eyes cody my grandfather would teach his last him name was cody, like c-o-t-i yes uh how to play the drums and sing um songs and he said one time my dad said he was really beating on the drum just really getting after it and and when they stopped and he looked up his wig because that was a wig he wore yeah. had turned sideways and was sticking <laughs> in front of his face and they said that wig was so dirty and smelly because oh, he never bet. washed it. <laughs> but it's that's a just what, a funny little anecdotal. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to step back. What were if you can explain what were some of your tribe's beliefs and what God was and what were they what were they dancing to? 
uh, God to them. And I can't speak for, you know, the entirety of the tribe just because sure. everybody has different thoughts. But mm-hmm. um, to them, God was a spirit, uh, an energy, um, a, the creator of mm-hmm. this earth. Um, obviously, all, all powerful. Our creation story is um, they talk about the morning star and the evening star chasing each other. And when they came together and they they shot down to the earth in Republic, Kansas, they created the first man and woman. That's that's the creation story. And the Pawnee are very well known for being an amazing, amazing astrologist. We we could we have a star map that's Mm. pretty famous. Um, and so we were really intelligent from that standpoint. Um, but so that's, that's mm-hmm. why. Thank you. You're so, welcome. So you're in San Diego and you said you were 11 or 12 mm-hmm. when you left. Yes. Was, was there <laughs> go for San Diego to Claremont? So was, oh there, my was there ever, Sheesh. uh, there must've been a <laughs> lot of people who thought you were Hispanic. Yes. And actually, a majority of our school were Hispanic because we lived uh, about 15 minutes or so from Tijuana. And so, like, a lot of my friends were Hispanic and Mexican. Mexican. And so I grew up speaking that language. It was actually one of my majors in college, so I was very fluent in in Spanish. But absolutely. And there was California tribes, right? Tehachapi tribe, Mm -hmm. right? And And there was... So... And, but then when we moved to Claremore, the funny thing, so we moved to Oklahoma, which is far, the only thing I knew really much about Oklahoma, other than the Tornadoes. reserve that we would go to, <laughs> is, you know, other tribes were in Oklahoma. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have thought that when we arrived to Oklahoma, it would be kind of an open exchange Homecoming. of dialogue and things like that. In California, everybody of all different races and religions and everything where I grew up got along. Like everybody accepted people where they were and there wasn't really much Mm -hmm. nonsense but when I got to Oklahoma I remember the kids in the school asked me if I still uh, if I made my clothes if I still uh, rode horses to school Mm. if I still lived in a teepee and I was thinking Uh, wow so where where do you went to school was it predominantly white yes probably really yeah I would think Claremore would be less than one percent were native Yeah. So the first time you experienced any sort of racial deal, Undertones. ignorance was yes. in Oklahoma, was in the Native American state. Yes, which is surprising, but not. <laughs> well, coming from California, like she said, it was a melting pot. Yeah. So yes. You had everybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was. So, so that's kind of funny. Everybody's a little you, more accepting. So I yeah. grew up in Northwest Benton County, which oh. we were small town of Maysville, mm-hmm. which. Maysville is split between Arkansas and Oklahoma. Okay. So a lot of guys that I, a lot of kids that I grew up with went lived on the Oklahoma side of our town, uh-huh. and they went to school in Jay, Oklahoma, and I would kind of hang out with them during the summer, and then during school I would hang out with my buddies in Arkansas, but I would go to Oklahoma, Jay, Oklahoma, and I would have Native Americans, predominantly Cherokees, mm-hmm. speak to me in Cherokee because they right. thought I was Cherokee. Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, we're all in, indi- you know, yeah. we're all indigenous Absolutely. brothers and sisters. Yeah. And actually, um, so the Skeedy band, which is my my band, they they actually have thought that we are Mayan 
because we performed a specific sa- uh, ceremony called the Morning Star Ceremony, where we sacrificed a virgin woman for crops and whatnot. And it was very similar, they almost picked exact. Picked that up when they were stealing them horses to, down in Maine. To the Mayan ceremony. And we were actually adopted into the Pawnee tribe. So they, they really think that we are South American. Right. So okay. the current thought is, is there could have been a northern and a southern route right. for natives. Yes, right. or the, absolutely. The original right. humans on. Absolutely. Right. Do you believe, do you believe it, that there was, you know about the Clovis Indians? I probably, but I. So the, the Clovis were maybe 12,500 years ago mm-hmm. and before that. Mm-hmm. And then huge disaster, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Takes place. And, yeah. and there's a lot of native stories yes. about the people before them. Yes. Right. And so the Clovis Indians, who have a very specific uh, spear point, it's it's different than they can pick it out among. Well, well yeah. So it's got a, a crevice in the center of it. It's kind of panned out in the mm-hmm. middle, and it's real difficult to do. And uh, they don't know the meaning of it. Why would right. you put this extra effort in for this thing that? Probably like so it wouldn't get suctioned in. Like a blood groove in a knife. Like a blood groove in a K bar. Yeah. And and so. <laughs> We didn't know anything about that. But that blood <laughs> These people just vanished about 12,500 years ago. That specific point is the only way they know that these people existed. They've, they've found some buffalo, which were giant buffalo. They, yep. They're not our current buffalo. Right. They're, right. Not bigger. They're yeah. prehistoric buffalo. Hybrids. Right. <laughs> no, well, the, these ones here. These, these ones are hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are the OG OGs. buffalo. Yeah. So that... That point has been found all the way on the East Coast and up north to the, to the Pacific, down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then a whole new point started and whole new people. Yep. And so the, the way the ideology that they've taught us since kids was there was these Siberians and they crossed over the land bridge. Land bridge right. And they come down through the Ice Age and they got... Right got here I'm, i want you to fill me in she's shaking her head that's now. russian propaganda at, but, yeah. but at the same time <laughs> at the same time you got the mayan culture and you've got all of right. these south american and central american cultures taking place right so they they kind of think now that maybe there was a group that grabbed that bottom and they started going north north yeah that's what I would suspect too. And a lot of the tribes, the the Lakota tribe talk about how they have been here from the beginning. And they do also talk about a disaster, the great flood. Mm -hmm. And that's why they call this area turtle Island because their story is the turtle. What area is called turtle Island? North America. Mm. The turtle shell came from the bottom of that flood and flipped over and brought brought it up and created the land in North America. So everybody that. has a different... That would have been a great video of her just... I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so We're working on that. The, uh, <laughs> the owl. And the owl's not good. That's a whole number. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> just certain ones. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so you, you get to Claremore. 
Yes. Well, prior to that, I just want to say, so my father uh, decided he wanted to go into medicine. And so he actually got into medical school at UCSD. Uh, He was the first native to graduate from UCSD medical school. Um, And then he decided to go into OBGYN. And so he was honored in Oklahoma by the governor at the time. And they, he has a day, and Dr. Knife Chief, Dr. Charles Knife Chief Day. I was just going to ask what your dad's name was. Charles Knife Chief, yeah. Mm. Um, Dr. Charles Knife Chief Day. So <laughs> that was pretty amazing and a, something that I could look up to. Um, but anyway, so we get to Claremore, and that's where I graduated from high school. I played every sport Obviously, I could. you were good at softball, right? Yes. <laughs> I played every sport. Uh, but I, I got scholarships in basketball and softball. Water polo? No, there was no <laughs> swimming pools. Pools are dried up. <laughs> and uh, so I got a full ride scholarship to LSU uh, as a pitcher. And That's pretty. So cool. I went. Were you pretty excited to get out? <clears throat> yes, I'm. I'm always about adventure and yeah. exploring. Had and you ever been to Louisiana? Nope. <laughs> and my parents, funny, they drove me to my apartment, unloaded everything. This is my dad everything in one day and then whoop, they so were yeah. out of there he grabbed see you boudin. later he yeah. grabbed a boudin ball and he was I'm gone like, <laughs> <Damn> right. <laughs> okay. and that was a culture shock everybody there in louisiana is very there. nice but everybody moves in such a slow pace and yeah. i'm coming from california where everybody's just rushing to get everything done so i, I remember that one of the first times i went to walmart and the cashier was talking to the cashier behind her for probably 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, oh I'm getting anxiety. Yeah. Can I check out now? I <laughs> yeah. just want to get out of here. It was crazy. So that was kind of a culture shock. The food was amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely What's amazing. your favorite? Um, Cajun food. Probably. Well, I love anything that has jumbo shrimp in it or <laughs> crawfish. <laughs> so I, I can't, I don't have a like a particular one. But I just anything like with profit, jumbo one crawfish. of the girls on our softball team's parents owned a catering business. So after every softball game, we'd have a crawfish boil. And oh, man. so it was wow. amazing. You get You're a big old, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> so you uh, didn't gain any weight or anything. When you no, I actually oh, I didn't. <laughs> so on, on a recent show we discussed and it confused Martinez was how college was the time that you, uh, developed the most more than in high school yeah, that you build that. lifelong friends out of college was your college experience like that um yes it, i mean i definitely developed the most in college but i was too at the time i was very type a personality so i i double majored and i played softball so i didn't really have time for anything else social social but let's touch yeah, on that let's so. let's talk a little bit more about you being a pitcher at lsu it was really fun the, my freshman year was the first year that the sec had softball so and that's why i chose to go there because i knew i was going to play from what day year was one that? in 1996 and so the first year we made it to the regionals and the second year we made it to the regional finals so we were very very good um, and i i brag because i still have Award. I still have like uh, best, you know, earn run averages and the most strikeouts and the wow, least. Still. 
Yeah, and I have no hitters and all that stuff, so I'm still in the catalog. And That's I badass. Hold records. Yeah. <laughs> I still hold records from high school too in basketball. No kidding. Still to this day, well, and I'm old. Claremore? Yeah, the most rebounds in a game and the most rebounds in a. We're gonna Google no. that up. Yeah. I know you should. Was the remain was the rest of your family the other six or seven were they? Uh, as athletic as you. I had that one sister that did the water polo. Well, yeah, she was, but she only swam. And, but she was really good at it. Um, I had one sister uh, below me who actually works for Walmart now, super intelligent. She was very good in sports, too. But everybody else was just kind of like, my brother golfed. That was his thing. And he was a scratch golfer. So he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but And then I had another sister who played softball and basketball, too. But she just wasn't as no uh, horseshoe pictures or marbles no <laughs> so did you oh, no. ever participate in any native games N- no That's what I said, but i'm trying to get my uh my son interested in lacrosse um but no we didn't know but we did participate in a lot of powwows <laughs> yeah i got you you know i've never been to a powwow what yeah. i've never go. been to a powwow we've been talking about that forever go to the 49 that's the post powwow party the 49 it's literally after the powwow where they have the the party fire water uh, yeah that's why my dad stopped taking us to um a lot of powwows because you know he didn't want us seeing all that Got ruckus and nonsense <laughs> yeah. yeah that's where i want to go with the 49 that's right yeah you do <laughs> at what point at what point did you decide that you wanted to go into the medical field probably that was just natural for me when I was in high school. Uh, when I was 14, I had my first job in my dad's friend's medical office, and I just filed papers. And uh, then I worked for my dad's office. And I back, back then, you didn't have to really have any certificates or qualifications to scrub in. And so I would go with my dad to the hospital, and he would let me scrub in with him on surgical cases, and he would allow me to assist him in delivering babies. And I would stay with him on call at night at the hospital because I was a nerd. What else am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, from the very beginning, it was just kind of natural for me. So, so, did so you, you knew that you, you knew what you were going to do at a young age, right? And a lot of my, just genetically speaking, from my like family right. history, a lot of my the knife chiefs were medicine people, healers. And, so, yeah. what does your name your name mean, knife chief? Well, the story is that we were given that name. We don't know the real. So my great, 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 always have to count. Great, great, great. Grandfather, his name, his name was Knife Chief. That was his name. Um, And it was given to him because apparently we were well known for knife making. And so we were kind of given that name. So it was nothing to do medical. No. I mean, that's no, the first but thing we were still, yeah, we were still medicine people in general. Um, I have a, a neat story from my family. So my fifth great grandfather, his name is Pete Desadu, and man chief they call him. And so, uh, you know, I was speaking about how the ski, the Pawnee would perform the Morning Star sacrifice. Well, he was really uncomfortable with that and felt that it wasn't necessary to do anymore. I swear it could be a Disney movie because he saved the Comanche woman from death and and he was chief at the time and brought her back to her own tribe and then came back and said, we're not doing this anymore. Was the sacrifice of another tribe? Right. That's what I was... You didn't want to sacrifice one of your own. No. 
So he said, we don't, we don't need to do this anymore. This isn't right. And he stopped and her from he stopped being that, And he stopped any further sacrifices from that point on. And so that is he, his, yeah, his he, it, I know, right? I, I can see it. If I could wow. only write it out, <clears throat> nobody steal that from me. But hey. he received the Medal of Honor from the president. So they called him to come to D.C., Wow. And he received a medal, which was put in the Smithsonian at some point and then taken and, and sold to a private auction house called the Nuministic Society. What is and that? It's just a private auction house that held the medal. And my brother, who's an attorney, he's, he's, he went to law school and graduated law school, but he's actually one of the city managers in Claremore now. The golfer? He petitioned <laughs> for 15 years to get that medal back because of the NAGPRA laws. You know, if you can prove lineage of an artifact, you're no supposed kidding. to get that artifact. They kept trying to say, you know, no, we're not giving it back. No, we're not giving it back. But last year, they traveled all the way from the East Coast to give it back to our family. So we have oh, pictures. Wow. So have pictures was it in a museum? It. Or? it was in a museum. Wow. Is that something you have pictures of? I do. You should send that to us. So we'll yeah, will. please. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a silver medal. Um, but there's a famous speech that he gave that you could also Google Peter Desadu. It's called it's spelled spell like it? Peter Lasharo. P E. It doesn't have an R in it. Yeah. P E. No, no, there's an R, <laughs> but that's a it's like pedal. P E T A L A S A R U. And uh, he gave a speech in D.C. And basically, the speech is, you know, my great white father. We understand what you're trying to do and why you're doing it to us. But my father has never seen a day of work in his life. And will you please allow him to live out the rest of his natural life doing what he only knows how to do to tend to the land and, and our family? And we will take on the burden and the responsibility of what needs to happen from this point on. So it's a really beautiful speech. Wow. Um, right. Yeah. So you've never lived on the reservation? No. My father did for five years, but no. But we visit it constantly. So the growing up, I lived probably 15 miles from a res. And it, it was, it was a, a place that... You didn't want to get a flat tire. No. <laughs> you, you Unless you're Indian. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and even then you <laughs> might not want <laughs> Have you heard of Indian cars? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it, it was a place that you didn't you didn't want to get a flat tire out there, and, and you didn't go at night, and you just kind of cut through it. And That's what they say about Kenwood, but I kind of blended <laughs> in. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, I just thought there was no softball glove in the back seat. <laughs> I was good to go. And so what we what we were taught was, is, you know, can you believe we built all those houses for those people and they just tore them all to shit? Okay. This is straight <laughs> what I'm told, right? We built all those houses and they just look at them. They, they don't take care of none of their shit. What, if someone gave you a house, when did you take care of it? And... Can you believe that they got all that shit out in their front yard, you know? And those were the conversations. And maybe at school I had some Native Americans, however you want to phrase it, who went to school with me, and they were ashamed of even being Indian. It, right. it wasn't, once again, school. Right. Right? So they were ashamed of it they would have names that you knew they were native and uh 
growing up, we didn't play as, we didn't play cowboy and Indian. We always fought the Russians. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's who that's who we fought. But there was the Indian people, even like Josie Wells, right? Right. It, they were not even second rate. Right. Third, fourth rate human, right. if they were even human. Right. And so what we watch as kids kind of gives us this theory on who these people are. Mm-hmm. History is one of those deals that if you want to know the truth, you got to search out. You got to find Absolutely. somebody. Right. And you got to talk to them. You got to hear that thing. And, you, and you've got to seek out culture. So I always thought that Indians were these people that didn't take care of their shit. <laughs> and and then but actually they were the ones that used to take care of our shit before we came right, here. Right. <laughs> and then uh it was a place you went and played bingo. Like mm. you could go play bingo out there. Well you can do that, that's for sure. <laughs> and then later on I I think I'd already left whenever the, the casino started, right? Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get it back. Right. They're getting their money back now. There was that, some that of thing, but some of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always looked at at the beauty and you know this native american museum that we have Mm -hmm. here in bentonville have you been there i have it's fantastic it's pretty it's it's the very very underrated and a lot of people don't even know about it i'll throw rocks at crystal bridges yeah (laughs) i i mean i will i'll throw rocks at it and if someone comes to town and wants to see something that's where i'll take them yeah it's a beautiful museum and to showcase the craftsmanship absolutely and the skill and the colors and all of the things the headdresses blow me away mm-hmm. and like we mentioned earlier just the bead the beadwork right which there was was there beadwork before europeans no that's a good question i don't believe so and i was going to mm-hmm. ask that same no. question i don't know i guess the europeans mm-hmm. actually that's how they traded for yeah yeah yeah. It gave them something. Our box of yeah. beads for three, four hundred acres. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. simple. <laughs> All right. Anyways, <laughs> tangent. So, do you do you graduate LSU, go into the army, or do you go to med school? So I went to medical school at OU. I actually graduated from OSU. It's a funny story. Not a funny story. It's kind of crazy. My coach at the time was embezzling <laughs> was embezzling money. But you didn't she have would to do with that. at LSU. No, okay. but, but we would go on trips, and she would give us a you know a daily limit of seven dollars for food. Well, I mean, what can you eat? A cracker and some water. <laughs> We're just like basically starving, and she would come home with. I think one time she came home with a couple sea doos and she had like this fresh, fancy Persian rug. And typical Louisiana. Typical. And she uh, then she started stalking some of the players and it was really uncomfortable. And so I I had to give depositions to attorneys about oh, that. And I for me, I just used sports as a means to an end. I wanted to be educated without having to have any debt. And so I, this was crazy to me. So I called OSU in Oklahoma because they originally had also offered me a scholarship 
And I was like, do you by chance have, I was senior at that time, do you have a spot for me? And they said, yeah, sure, come on over. So I actually graduated from Oklahoma State University. Oh, wow. wow. Um, did, you, did you play softball there also? I did. Yeah. Well, hell, they wanted to have her. She had all these hell, yeah. records down <laughs> yeah. at LSU. And actually, I got picked in high school to pitch against the Olympic softball team. And I, they didn't get any hits off of me. And so the ESPN radio said my name. <laughs> Wow. I wish I had well, I the recording. Big deal. Aaron can find they said it. my name. <laughs> it, they said my name one time, but it wasn't me. It was another guy. <laughs> <laughs> but so I graduated from there, and I went to medical school at OU Medical School. And how long does okay. that take? Uh, four years. And so two years into it, I joined the army. So um, and then I went to residency. I went to a civilian residency at OU. So I graduated from orthopedics. So what made you decide to go to the army? Uh, my grandfather, um, John Knife Chief, he was in the Navy, the Marine Corps, and the Army. Wow. <laughs> and my mom's father was in the Air Force. And the Pawnees are known for a group of scouts called the Pawnee Scouts. Do you know the reason why he was in three services? He loved it. He it had two, two Purple Hearts and a Bronze Star. Is that World War One and two? He uh, Korean War. Gotcha. Yeah, two in the Korean War, uh, but he was a he was a badass. Sounds he was. like hey, absolutely. I think you'd have to. Did be, he? That's certified badass. Yeah. Oh, right yeah. I remember he always worked on cars, and he was like missing all, like you know, his fingers. The tips of warm plum off. So you said he was in the Navy, the Marines, and the Army. Yep. Once he finished his service out, he would join the next one. He's just four years, four years, wow. and four he was years. just a yep. glutton for punishment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So That's cool. Tell us about your service in the Army. I mean, I, I can't compare my service to actual you still enlisted have all your people, okay? Yeah. Show me <laughs> <Because> your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> They're there. Okay. Steady as a rock. Does anybody need surgery? You need a drink. That's right. I uh, I went in as an orthopedic surgeon, so honestly, I didn't. I mean, I took care of the soldiers that were injured, and so I remember when I was at Brick Army, they would bring the soldiers in from Longstool, and they would always come in at like three and four in the morning. So you would just sleep on the tile floor in the ER and wait for them to come in, and so. Um, so I, I can't say that my military career was, uh, was awesome or difficult. It was actually really easy. I was set to be deployed. And then they said, no, wait, we want to make sure that every, all the new grads pass the boards, the orthopedic boards, before we deploy you. So the delayed that. So I passed the boards, and then I was set to be deployed again. And then they changed the deployment cycle, and they shifted it up six months. So then I didn't get deployed. And then by the end of my service, I was pregnant with my first child. And so I didn't get deployed. Uh, so I, uh, but, you know, I so I, it was easy for me. I mostly just took care of soldiers that were injured. And I cool. loved it. I, I did. I, I loved it. I felt I did a part, but I didn't fight. And where were you fight. at during that? Uh, Fort Leonard. Fort, I call it Fort Lost in the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> <Leonard> <laughs> <Woods>. <laughs> Lost in the Woods. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That's, That's what my dad called it back in 19... 42 when he went to Fort Leonard oh Wood he gosh, said I think the the bishops from Sewanee the same ones that found that place lost in the woods must have found this one because we were in the middle of nowhere absolutely <laughs> so, <laughs> they had a million dollar hole there which right. is so funny it's, it cost a million dollars for them to train to cover a hole with dirt and then to uncover it and to <laughs> cover it, that's, cover that's it. so so now you're probably uh, I'm doing math you're probably 
25, 26 years old. I mm. said I wasn't going to do math before we started all this. Okay. She did say that. Yeah, nice yeah, try, yeah, Joe. Okay. Good try. We're going to bring out some colored beads. <laughs> we'll go with that, Joe. You're 25, 26 years old. You're, yeah. out, you're out of the Army then? Yes. And so during this time period of birth to 26 years old, did you ever feel that you were unwanted because you were native? Um, I, I personally didn't pay attention to that. I think that if I had, absolutely. I, it's, it's a difficult world that you have to balance when you don't grow up on the reservation. Um, they, a lot of the people that did stay on the reservation, you know, they would call my dad an apple, red on the in, outside, but white on the inside. Um, and so it was, it's a difficult world to navigate when you grow up outside of the reservation in California, and then you come home and you try to be accepted by those that stayed on the reservation. And, um, so that was, that was difficult in and of itself. Um, but my grandfather always taught us to not really pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um, and to just navigate your own way. He went through boarding school. Yes. And so he had he had experienced that firsthand. Yeah, yeah. but and, he and didn't enough to enough to say, "Don't worry about that. Just yeah. keep your eye on the goal." Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we've skipped over. I mean, you mentioned your first child. So let's back up to when you were married. So I met my husband in the military. He was a combat engineer. He had a little bit tougher time than I did. (laughs) He's actually a West Point graduate. um, And uh, we met at Fort Leonard Wood and he was deployed multiple times. um, And um, being a combat engineer, he he did route clearance. So you can imagine he lost a lot of his, he was a captain. He lost a lot of his soldiers um, Mm. in explosives and things like that. But um, so we had our first child uh, in 2012 and then our second one in 2014. So I have a boy and a girl. Um, and um, then we moved. So once I finished in at Fort Leonard Wood, I got a job back in Oklahoma, Claremore. And so we moved back to Claremore. <laughs> so is your husband native? From that. Yeah. Is your husband native? No, he's or? actually from Louisiana. Although his family, a lot of the southern black people down there are black and native they intermixed and his so his grandmother's uh mother talked about um being i think creek and black and you really? can you can see it in the family yeah so i don't know That's cool. i don't guess i've ever heard of that black oh yeah. yeah there's yeah. a lot of freedmen. so down like where aj lived right yeah the uh right there in lafitte there was the shoal that was just mountains of oysters yeah and that, I remember him telling us about that. That was from the intertwine of of the Creole, the black, yes, and the natives were there. And uh, is there a word for that that's half black and half native? I mean, any any mixture of two races is called Creole. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I've heard Creole, but I didn't. I know like if to it was say something. Blindian. 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 Yeah. They're blindians. Yeah. That works. I like that. Ideal. Uh, that's funny. See, like you said a while ago, your, your dad, they called him an apple. I've been yeah. called a coconut. Yeah. Brown on the in, outside and white on the inside. Right. Well, well, Pinto. Because really I'm Hispanic. I mean, right. I'm sure you could tell yeah. by my Hispanic Absolutely. accent. Sure. 
Isn't, isn't a pinto bean the same deal? Brown on the outside, white fleshy on the Well, back. I mean, I guess it is. Well, you were talking about the Native American Museum a minute ago, and I had the good fortune of introducing them to a guy named Bobby Bridger, who was the great-great-grandnephew of Jim Bridger, the yeah, frontiersman. Man. And he put together a symposium with the Native American Museum where there are lots of nations that come together once a year and have a symposium there. And he said one of the the religious or elders of one of the tribes said he was more like an ash, white on the outside and red on the inside. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I think he honored that a little bit more than oh, while you're throwing yeah. apple and everything around. But. Yeah. So, so your dad's in the medical field. You're in the medical field. My oldest sister is a, an OB nurse, but she works for me uh, at my clinic in Tulsa. Was, was traditional medicine part of your life growing up? Um, in ways. The, the, I, think, I, I think I may have asked that earlier, and she said basically the whole tribe was kind of... Absolutely. So um, traditional medicine has always kind of just been naturally a part Pawnee, of who no. you are i don't no. think I, I don't think me as a pawnee person can separate that from who i am just naturally so just it seems like automatically i know about certain herbs and mm-hmm. treatments and things like that uh, to help people um but but growing up it wasn't like my dad taught us specifically about right. different things it's just it's just something that came natural to so, me and so let's talk about your practice i mean what well, technically, your... I'm an orthopedic surgeon, um, but about probably five or six, about six years ago, um, I had opened a medical spa and here in Arkansas. And one of the things that I just kind of landed into was a treatment for PTSD, and it's called a stellate ganglion injection. And it, it, what it does is it resets the sympathetic nervous system because when we have chronic trauma, we get stuck in that fight or flight mode. And there's really not a lot of things that you can do. You can't really take any medications or anything to really reset that system. Um, And one of my uh, friends, Dr. David Harshfield, who's an excellent physician in this area, we kind of put our heads together and said, you know, I think if we inject this natural mixture around the stellate ganglion, I think it would help people because part of that mixture treats the nervous system in other ways and so I started doing that about six years ago and I remember this veteran came to see me and he was 76 or so and had been suffering severe PTSD most of his life so bad so that he couldn't go out to dinner with his wife he couldn't do much in public and he came to see me I think he drove about four or five hours just because he was a friend of a friend of a friend sort of thing and I did the injection, and he, his wife called the next day crying because he was able to just start enjoying life that quickly. So it kind of fell basically into my overnight. lap, basically well, overnight. I, I would like to dive into that a little bit. I'm sure, very I would, fascinated in the yeah. medicines. And can can go ahead. yes? Can I can I ask about PTSD? Sure. <laughs> okay. So uh, there's a theory that I believe um, that PTSD starts at basically the day you're born uh, on how you're raised. And, and, you know, our culture takes the child from the mother, separates them, puts them in a room. Right. 
And then at a certain point the next day or whatever, you get the baby back. And then our culture has a nursery that we take our child and put in this other room to where, like the traditional Native American, I don't care where you're from, the baby is with the mother and mm-hmm. they're in, they're in, they're tight. Yes. Bonding. And, and of a bonding. Yeah. Type, there's, yeah. there's bonding. Yeah. And so what we have done as a culture is we have removed the child from that tight bond. And in recent years, we're cool enough to where we could put a monitor in a room and we can listen to a baby cry. Is that cool? No, it's just how I'm selling the story. He said no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll put a monitor in a room and we'll hear the baby cry and you could watch them cry and oh, they'll cry themselves to sleep. So, which I didn't do, by the way. So, yeah, I wasn't very as, good at it. As an, as an infant, your baby slept with you. I slept with my mom until I was 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, we may have to discuss that a little bit deeper later. A little PTSD going on there. So, so as an infant, we've learned that screaming and crying, throwing a fit is going to be probably the only way we're going to get love and support. And attention. And attention. Absolutely. And so I've seen these surveys to where the majority of the time, like heavy, heavy majority of the time, if you bring the, f- the mother and the father of the person who's suffering from PTSD and you ask them a simple question of how long was your child in the bed or with the mother, right. and the majority of the time it was they were separated. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat. And so the separation, so then you ease on into school. And I'm just going to use males for this conversation. Sure. The, the guy is on a team, right? So he's playing football or baseball, and he's surrounded by his tribe. Right. And then he goes into the military to where a tribe is super important. Mm-hmm. This sect of brothers who have to support each other. And have each other's backs, yeah. Mm-hmm. And being a foxhole. Right. And then they battle, they fight. And and most warriors who are in the battle, they love the fight because they love the support of their tribe. Right. And then one day the military, maybe it's through injury or whatever. Your time's up. You're out. Right. And so the next move is you're alone. Absolutely. And so when you're alone, you resort back to this infant state. Right. Of, I got to scream, I got to suffer. The only thing that makes me better is drugs or alcohol right. or violence. And so it all kind of, in my opinion, it all stems from the separation as a child. I agree that's definitely part of it. There's also been shown to be that intergenerational trauma that's passed down genetically that actually Mm -hmm. changes the genetic structure of or the coding of that system as well. Mm -hmm. When did the whole term PTSD start? 
I don't know the answer to that. And I like to call it PTSI, post-traumatic stress injury. I don't like to call it a disorder. Do you believe I concussion f- has a lot you. to do with it? I absolutely do. Yeah. Absolutely. So there, there, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. There's some uh, literature back in the 70s and hasn't been really published since then. And it kind of goes in the antiquities and people forget about it, about... When you have a traumatic brain injury, there's connections between the scalp and the deeper surface of the brain that's always communicating the environmental things that are going on outside you. And when you have a traumatic brain injury, those nerves get sheared as well. And so there's an injection actually called the crown of thorns injection that you inject circumferentially around the scalp to help regenerate those connections. And it does also seem to help because a lot of people that military people that come in they've had blast injuries and things like that used to so call it shell shock shell shock so not only do they have post-traumatic stress injury but they also have a traumatic brain injury and they it definitely creates an environment that they struggle very much with. so that. the correlation and what i mentioned about the military guy and say the athlete right who also are prone to suicide right and that you, you take, uh, what was the guy from San Diego, the football player? Oh, he was my favorite. What was his name? Um, and I actually have his picture, Junior Seau. Junior Seau. Mm-hmm. Committed suicide, right? Yep. And it actually donated his brain Yes. to science so they could figure out what was wrong. Well, if you think about the impacts that he had taken, and then you go deeper, the tribal part, being on the teams for all this time, and when he's off the team, plus the concussion there the lies loss the problem of, yeah. right mm-hmm. absolutely <clears throat> so this uh this formula that you have currently right what did you call it I, what I, was your name for it it's called a stellate ganglion injection a, so officially stellate, stellate the stellate, stellate ganglion so there's uh, officially there was a study released in 2019 by uh dr sean mulvaney um from the Stella Institute where they uh, showed that stellate ganglion blocks seem to help uh, veterans or active duty people recover better. Um, What is this stuff? So they use lidocaine, so it's a numbing medication that they physically block the structure of the stellate ganglion, which is the sympathetic nervous system's computer. So it's the system in our body that, that runs all of the, you know, fight or flight it runs pain centers it runs you know there's a vagus nerve that runs next to it that signals the gut so it's responsible for absorbing nutrients and so it it actually the structure of the stellate ganglion runs so much of our body and when we have chronic trauma we get stuck in fight or flight mode and and it actually damages that structure over time and they've they've looked at it post-mortem under autopsy and the structure of this nerve center is in disarray. It, it becomes injured and damaged. So we don't have any smooth communicating cables like you would see. And so they notice that if you block that nerve, it kind of resets it. And when it reboots, it starts functioning more normally as time goes on. And they were able to get in their study participants, about 87% of the people off medication, pharmaceutical mental health medications, although they only followed them for about two months, I think was the longest one. That was a question I had. <coughs> yeah. The longevity of the effects. Right. So we don't have the official study results of a longevity Long-term, effect. Yeah. Um, I only have anecdotal 
for my patients because I have been doing it for six years. I do it a little bit different way and I don't use lidocaine. I use a mixture called prolotherapy, which is super concentrated glucose and sodium bicarbonate, which is a fancy term for pharmaceutical baking soda. Baking soda. So it's an alkalotic sugar, sugar yeah. mixture that does the same exact thing, but it also nourishes that structure because the nervous system feeds off of glucose in a normal environment. And so my patients, I can say, get progressive improvement over time with each treatment. Are you like um, a trial deal? I've not ever done an official study. I, I probably should do one and look retrospectively back, but I've treated patients all the way from minimal, minimal, I don't say minimal anything, but minimal anxiety to up to complex PTSD with dissociative identity disorder, or they call it multiple personality disorder. Mm -hmm. um, and every one of my patients have had significant improvements. I had um, one person that when they came in, it took them six months to leave their house because they were agoraphobic. And once they finally were able to get out of the house, they had to have a driver take them. They had to wear earmuffs. They had a service animal. Um, you know, when they walk in, they're visibly, they make you nervous because they're so anxious. Mm -hmm. uh, and two years later, they were able to get on a plane and go see their child graduate from college. So, I mean, well, it's just a night and day. Well, where you're flawed is if you're selling baking soda and sugar, there's not enough money in that. No. <laughs> to, yeah. to be... I mean, you can mark it up. Complex. <laughs> mark it up. Well, well, you it's can not mark, covered by Medicare. You can mark that up, but... I'll be, your, I'll be your supplier. We could talk about all the flaws in my the way I treat <laughs> patients because my whole goal in life is to really help people improve and allow everybody to access that because a lot of the, the official stellate ganglion blocks that people get, it costs about three to five thousand dollars for per procedure to have that done. Well, in the regular world, I don't know anybody. And they, they were receiving multiple injections. It wasn't just a one-time right. thing. I don't know many of the lay public that can afford to pay that kind of treatment for something. And so in order to make it minimally cost and you know, make it cost effective so a lot of people can access it, I, you know, I do it a little bit, quite a bit differently. <laughs> so how much is like a treatment? For me, it's 200. It's about, it depends on where it's, it ranges from 200 to 850. Depend on coverage. And I'll then sometimes deal. if they can't pay at all, obviously I'm not going to, you don't I'm going to work with You're that. You're going to help them out. Absolutely. That's, That's one of the biggest that. problems I see in my opinions in our economy specifically <laughs> is not a more natural remedy. It's all about how much we can get somebody to spend on exactly. medication. Right. Or their injured might numb it for a little bit and then get them coming back for some more. Right. And, and keep the, them on it. The sad thing in the military, in the veteran population, I feel like, did you see that uh, Senate hearing where the, the female veteran came out and she was also, I think, in the medical profession, maybe a nurse or something, or maybe she worked in the ER, and she brought out all her medications. Her bags. Of, yeah, medications. They just. Yeah. That they were giving her. Yes, we've we've oh talked about yep. we've had some it's so gross, pretty it's amazing gross. warriors on our show, mm -hmm. and they they all have it. They all yeah. have those bags. That's yeah. That's they don't once mention, you know, 
risk and benefits of anything. Mm -hmm. I, I've not had one person come in and understand side effects of all of these medications. Every medicine has a side effect. Right. 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 And some of them are, are very severe side Worse effects. So things like Seroquel, um, Zoloft, Paxil. They, not they only immediately change your brain permanently, right? Right. And they increase your risk of suicidality, homicidality. Mm. And they also increase your blood alcohol level a lot of them by like four thousand percent so now you have somebody that. that has a mental health condition who's taking a medication that they don't talk to them about and then they have a drink of alcohol well then their blood sugar i mean their al blood alcohol level skyrockets and then you do things that you wouldn't normally do mm -hmm. and then you get yourself in trouble now yep. you're in the legal system and now you have mental health you're issues stuck. and you're in the legal system right. and it's miss knife chief me and me and Aaron had a guy that worked with us, mm. and I called him AK because mm -hmm. he carried around an AK round inside of his body that he had received in the desert. Mm. And uh, at, at one particular time, we had a random drug alcohol on the job, and this individual was the. There's 25 guys on my job. He's the first guy in line by choice right. to get tested. Knowing that he was up till four. Drinking. So, yeah, at first is that, that was part of the story. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, so, is that, is that yeah, a bad yeah. thing? So Go ahead. he was the sorry. first. Do we need to edit that out? No. no. <laughs> so he was the first guy in line, and I was offside, got the phone call, hey, the, the piss wagon's here. And so I show up, and the lady who was taking the test she i was a supervisor she called me off to the side she says hey i got a, a guy that's hot on this deal i said which one and she pointed at ak and so i knew what that meant he was screwed mm -hmm. so now i when she said hot did you, were you thinking drugs or alcohol <laughs> Or were you just thinking hot? It, it, yeah. I was thinking hot. Joe was thinking hot. Yeah. Yeah. Sexy, yeah. He, yeah he's, he's sexy. He's sexy. <laughs> he's yeah, got a right. good look. Got you're right. What do you want me to do with it? So, so <laughs> she said that he had blown like a one point. I mean, At what he, time in the morning? It's like nine in the morning. Wow. One point eight or whatever. I mean, he was four or five times what he should have been. He had no Bloody Mary with his scrambled eggs. Well, <laughs> that goes along with the blood alcohol. That's, what, that's why I'm bringing this up. Yeah. Because I didn't know this I story. I remember you telling me this story. Yeah. So I, I pull him off to the side mm -hmm. and I said, I'll Ooh. protect you, but don't lie to me. Right. And because he's. He was a he was a rock star hard worker. He was a hard worker. But I'll you, tell could, you, you could tell this guy wasn't drunk. Or man, was he? I, I tell you what kind of guy this was. This is a white guy that the Mexicans like to work with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He was working some of it. <laughs> the issue was his state was so consistent in whether he was how late he was drinking so or whatnot. He, it was consistent he, every day. You'd show up like that. Yeah. So I knew this guy was 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 needing help right and that's something that i enjoy to give if i know that first of all you've sacrificed for our country plus right. he was hot and <laughs> no, he you're hot he, trust me that the hot deal never come up on, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten Aaron said that i was just following At least 14 up. he did He's drink 14 but his yeah. blood alcohol level is 4,000. y'all can i get on this damn Sorry. story <laughs> uh, so he was somebody that I had already tried to counsel and because I, I knew his problems. 
And I said, so don't lie to me. If you tell me the truth, I'll protect you. And he says, I said, did you drink this morning? No. I said, don't lie to me. I'm not lying to you. I said, when did you drink? He said, I drank last night like I drink every night. I can't go to sleep without drinking. Right. Mm -hmm. Till like what time? Was it? So I said, so what time did you have your last drink? And he says, I don't know, 11 or 12. I said, so how much did night? you drink? He said, a lot. I said, how much? He said, I don't know. I drink a case of beer or something to go to sleep. And so I, I'm calculating and I'm thinking, well, shit, he's had nine hours. To right. bring, Which doesn't to bring this down. Make any sense. Well, and, and the doc can tell us about this, but everybody is different. <laughs> Everybody's different on how quickly they, they right. throw out their alcohol. What right. size they are, how much they drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, are you freezing? Yes. You got more clothes over there, it's don't the you? It's tundra in Joe, here. give her your shirt. What are uh, we in the <laughs> so Are we in the Alaskan da, da, tundra? Da, da. So, I, I said... <laughs> You've had nine hours. You sure you didn't drink this morning? Right. He said, man, I swear I didn't drink this morning. And so as high as he was on this alcohol level, I couldn't have, I mean, he would have been at death. Pretty much. Yeah. At midnight. Or you could visibly tell if he was drunk, which right. you couldn't. All right, friends. This episode is also brought to you by Ace Epoxy. Ace Epoxy and Polish. Joe, what do you know about Ace Epoxy? Man, I tell you what, I've been using Ace Epoxy for the last couple of years, and when it comes to doing a polished concrete floor in your garage or an epoxy-coated floor, there's nobody better. There isn't. You could brush your teeth, see your smile, mm -hmm. comb your hair if you have it. And they'll treat you right. They do. Shane Cochran and that whole gang, gang over at Ace Epoxy. Shane and Derek, they're, they're killer. If you're looking to epoxy your garage floors or you got a commercial space you're looking to epoxy or or polish and give it that smooth look, give Ace Epoxy and Polish a call. That's Shane Cochran um, over at 479-657-0115. So what Knife Chief just said is because he was on sacks of, of drugs from the VA. Yep. So you're well, that saying that some of that medicine that they give you amplifies absolutely the alcohol level yes and you told me this story so when, when, it, when, happened. The, when the medication amplifies the alcohol level does it make you like you're drunker exactly that's what i was going to say I, I would imagine I, i've never personally experienced that but i would Being imagine drunk? it would decrease yeah absolutely yeah, you've never decreased your, been drunk? i mean the medication okay. so, <laughs> so it's just where if this person had never been on that kind of medicine right he's probably four but or five beers before he got drunk but there again this guy's drinking a case of beer overnight so he's built up that's bullshit too joe no it's not it is your alcohol level still going to be the same. Okay, but your alcohol level, but your reaction to that so alcohol level. You're still the same drunk. You just are used to it, Doc. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But <laughs> yes. I mean, you're going to be as drunk, right. but you've built up an immunity to being Doc. Well, you slur, you slur <laughs> your I words. I feel very uncomfortable in the middle of this. I'm, I know, I'm, Doc. <laughs> we need to t tell the real. I'm just saying, you take a now guy. Now your body is still going to respond. Okay. I mean, over time, it's also going to. Uh, respond slower as your liver stops you functioning. You take a as guy well. that drinks every night versus somebody that's never drank. 
You think that guy's going to be just as drunk? He is. You've, That's bullshit. You, you've learned. Just, I'm not buying it. From a physiologic standpoint, from probably. From, from her standpoint, which is like the okay, body. Okay, so somebody, you run 10 miles a day. I don't run. <laughs> it's, it's you're going to be, I'm going to be just Well, you're running you down know. this rabbit you, hole you can't, pretty good. You can't say that you're an athletic Slippery drunk. Slippery slope. What, what have, you ever heard of the, have you ever heard of the phrase, uh, damn it. There's yeah, I've heard, yeah I've heard that one. <laughs> I said no, it earlier. What do they call it? A, a uh, functioning alcoholic. Yeah, but yes. you, but what you what not you, what the functioning alcoholic believes is is they can they're mature drinkers that they can cope with it because they figured out maybe how not to stumble right. off the step. The truth is is they've just I, I agree with you. They're still going to be as drunk to an extent, Doc. Somebody and I, and I want to point out I want to point out that he just said you people. I don't. I just throwing that Whoa. out there. He's talking about me. He's and you talking and about us. Indigenous <laughs> Did people. I say you people? Yeah. yeah he said I apologize you for saying you people. You sir are you son of a bitch. <laughs> what? <I'm, laughs> hey, and I'm not slurring. I'm talking. <laughs> and I'm not slurring. I'm speaking in it's my job. Cursive. But no, back to that. <laughs> yes. It probably was a medication issue for sure. Yeah. And they just came out with a study on how horrible Xanax is. And Xanax oh, increases your suicide rate significantly. Uh, um, and gabapentin, terrible medication. It, it creates dementia, memory issues, confusion. So you can imagine for? all of these things. Antidepressants. It, gabapentin They're trying to keep is, you from well, killing yourself, but they cause you to Xanax. kill yourself. Right. Right. And that's exactly. Like Xanax. I mean, and, and that's my point. The SSRIs. Yes. They're like some of the hardest to get off of Absolutely. those and alcohol right. especially it's sometimes it can take a couple years to even yeah, it wrecks people it wrecked jordan peterson yeah. Absolutely. The SSRIs. are Absolutely. you a jordan peterson fan i do like listening to um a lot of his different podcasts um very i do smart. enjoy i think he's very intelligent so your brain power can probably keep up with what he says so on the maybe. first time so, you so, take I, take, so <laughs> I take some high blood pressure medicine what's that going to do to me Make your blood pressure go so low that you stop perfusing your brain and then you get dementia when you get older because, you know, you have to have a perfusion rate. It's going to bring on the dementia. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, nope. I, I didn't say that in an official capacity. So, so th this, uh, this reset yes. of the brain. Let's all go of the reset. sympathetic nervous system. So right. it, it resets that system. It downregulates that. Um, I also personally think, although they didn't mention it in the study, that it also helps reset the vagus nerve. Because a lot of people with uh, PTSD or PTSI, they get, when they get panic attacks, they get their heart races, they have breathing mm -hmm. trouble. They talk about vague abdominal pain. They get irritable bowel syndrome, constipation. A lot of those are functioning from the vagus nerve. Downhill. So. Yeah, I think it affects the stellate ganglion and the vagus nerve. You can get a reset of both. And Do you so believe what's the, what's our word for the the uh, man? I wish I could read your mind better. God, dang. you're doing a good job. Eh? <laughs> what's what's the thing? He's asking you what's your safety word that you guys came up with. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> she's good. <laughs> she's, she's not. Back me out here. Back me out here. <laughs> I've been very supportive of her. Well, I appreciate right, so that. There's I do a very much there's that. a there's a lot of veterans. There's a lot of people that go to get reset, and they do this through uh, what, taking what, mushrooms. 
So, I'm a huge uh, okay. fan of different plant medicines. Plant medicines. Sure. Yeah, that was what I wanted to go down mushrooms. that hill. So what's the name of this stuff? Psilocybin. So, well, psilocybin is the mushrooms, but then you got ketamine. Um, oh, right, I know you got you're one job. Yep. So <laughs> what's the name of the mushroom? F. Suicidal? No. Suicidal. Far from it. Beautifully. So a, a lot of the warriors who go, and not just warriors. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. So a lot of the people warriors first responders absolutely people who have traumatic stuff just happen in their own home right or or like you've mentioned before before you're you've even been born right yep that you're carrying from you generations so absolutely. they go down and they they receive this reset to where i mean and it's Hiawaska can be such a powerful treatment that people who have been addicts for many years of their life can just over and Is that Ru- like a tea? Ron- yes. <laughs> yes. They make I, I mean, tea. I've heard about My yes. masseuse was telling me about so that. So you yeah. know Ron White, the comedian? Yeah. Ron White. I do know him. He talks about it. Well, so Ron White, every time you've seen Ron White on stage, he had a cocktail. Absolutely. Right? He's yep. smoking, got From a cocktail. That. It was part of his act. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was a drunk. So he went down to Mexico, and I believe it was like it really wasn't a lot of money. It was like eight thousand dollars for a week at this resort, to where they take you down this trail, this ayahuasca deal, multiple ceremonies. Ron White has that tea in his cocktail glass. He hasn't drank since this deal. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. It, com- it must be some good shit. It completely. So it what is, it is, it's, it, great. it's like a rewiring. Yep. What what happens is, is like the first hit of this stuff, the first dose. You is, throw up. No. Well, yes. yes. A lot of times. Yes. But, you do. You but the experience purge. that most people have is the most dreadful shit ever. Mm-hmm. It's pain and agony and mm-hmm. death and violence and all Vomiting. of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, they're just going through this traumatic deal and then the next one is white yeah it depends uh, too and it, uh, the it majority of the, the guys person, yeah. the majority of the people that go through this they see this vision of just perfection mm. of yes. white clearness and when they come out of this thing they may have been abusive to their wives they may have had all of this stuff they will cry like a baby mm-hmm. because of everything that they've missed mm-hmm. through their brain being jacked up. Right. And you believe in this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, Let's all do it's it together. interesting how that... I'm a big set and setting guy. and <laughs> No shit. If I, I've never done any narcotic, period. I, I don't like to lump those in. Okay. As I wouldn't a say that's a narcotic. Or a no, 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 no. Well, that's the, what, I, and you got that, right. that was done for a purpose and a reason. Kind of like sending people to school. Right. I, I agree and with you guys. But. I, I think it's really sad when people come in and it's acceptable for them to be alcoholics and it, it's acceptable for them to take z- four Zanny bars a day. Mm-hmm. They call it Zanny bars, Xanax is. But you bring up anything like a cannabis or Holistic psilocybin. Medicine. They're like, yeah. they're like whoa, we can't take drugs. Psychedelic medicine? Is that where you're going? <laughs> You've been on these anti-bars. So, the psych- so <clears throat> that's a big thing coming up. It, or, or It's been in the works for quite some time, but it's the psycho-assisted therapies. Yes. 
and like the whether it's MDMA or yes. ketamine or MDMA is extremely powerful. Yes, too. or what or is that? the what psilocybin or the uh, I could party say. drug is known as ecstasy, ecstasy. but yeah. it's a yeah. pharmaceutical mm-hmm. um, lower yeah mm-hmm. pure. And so ecstasy is MDA. MDMA. MDA comes directly from the sassafras or MDMA. Yeah, I've never done any of that shit. I've done Copenhagen and whiskey, <laughs> but the, the really I would be—I would be all in on doing some of this ayahuasca shit. Man, I don't know. I—I kind of thought about that, but my masseuse was telling me about it. She said it's all natural, yada yada yada, and and she told me about the first time she took it, and it's like a class deal that you sign up for. Yeah, you for. go it, it's and not you, go a, do it. you don't go do it one time no. and then leave the next day. Usually it's yes. usually that's what it's they a told minimum me. of like two. But she like said two nights. just violently vomiting. Some yeah. people vomit, some, some people, people have don't. diarrhea, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um Same but time? the yeah, <laughs> sometimes people, yeah. so they have guides that help you tut. through that. Yeah. But you have to, it's a very strict protocol. I mean yeah. there are certain things that you have to avoid eating. Don't go to Taco weeks, Bell on the two weeks there. before. Yeah, you typically don't eat like a day at least right. before and then you go in and you you need a good shaman. You need somebody right. that's going to guide you through this and right. support you and right. and and have and what's it supposed intentions. to do for you exactly? Reset your brain. Yep. Yeah, reset your nervous um, any, system. Any, any, anything. And you want uh, to do it, Joe? Yeah. I'll go with you. You drink so, it. I'll go with so you. So DMT is another yep. component of ayahuasca. But DMT, interestingly enough, they found the derivatives of DMT in the urine of children with autism. Oh wow. Um, and so you know they say that people with autism are in their own little world. Well, mm. if they're creating DMT in their brain. They really are in their own little beautiful world. And everybody who does Mm -hmm. DMT also has very similar experiences. And they all, everybody talks about the same thing, which is really interesting. I know, me too. You know, is it, is it a connection to something, some spiritual? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You guys Um, go do it. I'll video the whole thing. I'll bring a wa- wet I would wash like you rag. To, I'd like you to start with mushrooms. But let's, yeah, mushrooms. Uh, so I've, I've, I'm very experienced on the literature, and and I've had several patients go through microdosing psilocybin, and um, so it, and actually I helped support a bill uh, in that's in the Oklahoma Senate right now. Um, to allow for the legal use of psilocybin for many different mental health conditions or even cancer, um, end of life transitioning and things like that. And so this I'm is mushrooms? Pro- psilocybin just, mushrooms. Or even just day-to-day like growth. Absolutely. Uh, like it only makes sense that that the cure is here. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, I would rather do some kind of all-natural it's one of the first things that was here, fungus. I, I think it's funny that, that people try to regulate nature. It's yeah. just amazing to me that they think that they can regulate something that grows mm-hmm. so what just are your thoughts naturally. On, what are your thoughts and on animals marijuana? feed off of that. Yeah. Cannabis yeah. also plays a role. And, but my, my, my position is people should look at them as tools. As medicines right. and not, it's, I mean, people use it recreationally. That's not going to, that's going to change the outcome of right. where you get, but you can't overdose on cannabis. You can't right. overdose on psilocybin. But is there, is there a, you can feel like you're overdosing. You can feel bad. But <laughs> is, is there, is there a paradigm in 
the professional medical world and then you got the natural deal knowing that the natural thing probably isn't gonna you're not gonna get a free vacation to hawaii if you sell those pills you're right you it's can. a money thing you can yeah you can. <laughs> yeah you really can you, on the cannabis you you I, well i mean <laughs> as a as a professional doctor trying to bring in this natural solution is there a rub do you get shunned? oh yeah most but most professional doctors don't even know about it to be honest even though there's so much powerful data out of johns hopkins and harvard you would be surprised at how many physicians don't have a clue and even psychotherapists mm-hmm. don't know there are so many psychotherapists that don't even know about the stellate ganglion injection and I've even had patients come to me and say their therapist said, don't do that. That's quackery. That doesn't work. Right. Why Why in the world would you discourage somebody from trying something that's not going to harm them right. and could only potentially benefit them. them? So yeah. it's really it's really hard for me. And my personal opinion is I think there, there could be a good blend of Western and Eastern medicine and mm-hmm. you know traditional medicine and, and medicine that's taught. But a lot of physicians won't even open their mind up to that, right. which and I think is so sad. Well, they're, they're that's there's, no, there's no money in it. It wasn't in the book. I know. It wasn't in the book that they were taught. Right. They went through school, and that was never there. Well, never I there. mean, you start with nutrition. That's not even taught. I know. Right. Uh, nutrition, food, food and is. water is our first medicine, and we don't even go to that. Yeah, that's where you, you know, We automatically yeah. just prescribe things. Like I see those pills for fruit and vegetables, you know, four or five. I usually get my fruit and vegetables daily fruit and vegetables. Fruit and vegetables. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's amazing. It's just right <laughs> there in the fridge or why on the counter. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? But, well, that's just, but for a comprehensive, a you know, treatment of somebody, you have to comprehensively look at them, you know, as a whole. What kind of foods are they eating? What kind of drinks are they consuming? What, you know, if you have PTSD, you also need to look at resetting that nervous system. Then you also need to look at natural medicines that can help rewire the brain because they can rewire the brain. Mm -hmm. Psilocybin can help your brain grow new neurons, whereas 10 years ago, what they thought the brain couldn't redevelop anything Uh, and so it can it can develop you can develop new neurons in in amputees you can bypass the amputee phantom pain site Mm. and no longer have phantom pain that's how powerful psilocybin is i mean in nature so so if we think about it would anything that we have or our modern stuff if you know one of the ways i'm mechanic is if i got a bunch of lights and shit on my dash I unplug the battery. Mm, you bet. Reset it. Is that what mm. you do? Yeah. I, I, un- know I unplug. This is. This I is need a- you to go unplug my battery. Yeah. Right? yeah. Plug it back you, in. You I, don't know where, I don't even know where it's at on a BMW behind the back seat. I'm you, just kidding. You unplug the battery, and then when you plug it back in, it resets the brain of the car or truck. You're right. If you got Same a computer and it's acting up, you hard reset it. Your mm-hmm. cell phone, every time it slows shut her down, down, shut her down, hard reset. And so this ayahuasca deal is like a hard reset of your brain. It's not going to change who you are. Yeah. If you did it, Joe, you're still going to be Joe Martinez. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just if you... And, the, the and I have improved. I might be the new improved Joe Martinez. It would be the better Joe. It would be the cleaner, more efficient... So, so let's get a snow so teepee. We'll sit around Indian style. How I describe 
mushrooms, psilocybin. These two guys are mushrooms. Is uh, yeah. Um, I'd be in on some old mu- is, that, is, is that gently? I call it after after a uh, macro dose. Right. I would call it. I I describe it as like a breath of fresh air. Right. Like it it just sets you back and it just makes you. It's like a reset. So how do you take one of the things that they talk about is one of the the more important side effects of doing a macro dose um, of psilocybin is that it restores the connection of humanity, human Mm -hmm. beings to other human beings. That's one of the big things. Become a little more stoic than emotional. We all come. (laughs) Hey, check this out. You do that shit, and you come out, and you talk like Bill. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've I've tried, and I'm nowhere close. Just, just don't go fishing with me. But there's there's different ways to to use psilocybin, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, I hate to say clinically because it's pretty shunned still, even though the data is so overwhelming from very prestigious universities. But you can microdose it. And then you can macrodose it. So obviously taking small amounts that are not going to bring an effect overtly, but over time help. Or you can do a macrodose. May or may 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 not have done a micro even last night. (laughs) So may or may not. So this uh, may or may not. This fungus is could be used as a vitamin. The fungus also is one of the greatest sources of uh, vitamin D. And then also it resets your gut health too, which a lot of the issues, a lot of mental health issues also stem from the fact that our food sourcing is so poor. It's, it's not providing us the things that we need. And we, de- there, we develop something called leaky gut syndrome. Um, and the mushroom families help to heal that too so yeah. you get a secondary effect and there's so many mushrooms that help for example my talkie mushroom is not mm-hmm. a psilocybin mushroom it's not a hallucinogenic but it it can help regulate blood pressure and blood sugar levels we have turkey tail mushrooms i've heard um, a lot about it I, I what do you think of the turkey tail mushroom i take it it's so beautiful i found some actually not too uh, long i have them growing the nice. yeah, in my backyard yeah, on this absolutely. Stuff. they're everywhere uh, yeah it's great you know for your immune system um shagas mushrooms a uh, lion's mane is one of the most powerful mushrooms for, for brain, brain. And so the mushroom family in general is such a healing family. It's it's why not look at it? It's mm-hmm. mysterious, right? The in, mushrooms in nature, it mushrooms will money. grow from dead things to live things and bring nutrients and, and interconnect. I think there's a show maybe on Netflix there about it. And Paul so, Stamets. A, yeah, Paul so, Stamets. Yeah. So is that there's how? even a mushroom he talks about in the old growth forest that um, is huge mushroom yeah. that uh, is antiviral it's the only thing they well he found that it kills covid it's, uh, it's and his antibacterial mother is, it's is it the one he made his hat out of i don't know I probably yeah. it probably is actually his, his mother was suffering from like stage four breast cancer yep and they had wrote her off yes and he brought her turkey tail yep yep Oh, my God. I've I've seen the same thing. And said, hey, they've written you off. At least try it. Right. Is it like dried out or is it just fresh? You can buy turkey tail. You can can buy buy the turkey tail in just a powder form. Anyway, I take it. Yeah, dry it out, grind it it out. That, turmeric, and something else. Oh, good job. Turmeric's great. Yep, turmeric is. Along with the gut thing. I mean, look at me. That's you look amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's considered your your yeah. second brain. Absolutely. So a lot of a lot of 
your for gut is kids. your second brain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's got more. There's a uh, super highway that c- communicates back mm-hmm. and forth, back and forth. So a lot of like kids that act up or yep. adults that act up, there could potentially be something wrong with their guts. Right. Versus something in the brain or anything. Right. So just, I mean, just as simple as how your body absorbs nutrients. Right. Is all gut health. I mean, that's it's what it's what nutrients you put in there, right? And, that, and that's what you were hitting on earlier, yeah. which is another huge issue that I have with the United States right. is what we put in our food and what right. we're feeding yeah. everybody. Correct. To get it to have a longer right. shelf life, and it's poisoning you. Well, yeah. it's going to last longer, but it's going to kill you. And Joe, it's so all across the board. Right. It's like scary, and I do right the best I can to read what I'm putting in my body and what it what it comes from and it's so hard it's, it's difficult it's so hard to and that's what i was going to say while ago so you guys were talking about different mushrooms man what do you look i mean do you go to the internet to know exactly what to take and is that how believable and accurate is that i mean where, where would you go uh i'd get a lot of go ahead. no go ahead you go <laughs> i mean i i, I, mean, I don't j- know i'm just asking just firsthand there's like a lot of books see i'm back in the day of the encyclopedia britannica (laughs) (laughs) science and nature you know journal articles and things like that so i guess you can get scholastic you can get scholastic articles on on the internet i mean you can go to scholarly google and get some actual Mm -hmm. journal and and that's what i'm asking so as a layman like i mean if somebody was interested I go, Where would they go to learn to find out? I go <coughs> the podcast route. Yeah, podcasts. Okay. So um, yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, and even Andrew though you can't Huberman. believe everything you see exactly. on TikTok, there are yeah. some very there good. are some channels that are very. I love those stuff on TikTok. Who's, what's Barbara's last name? The I think Australian. She's an older yes, lady. Yes, yes. I can't remember I can't her remember last either. name, but she is. And she's very like new to the scene. Everything she like says. gather stuff from the woods and kind of stuff. Well, just makes sense of. I don't. Everyday She's a big diseases. castor oil fan, which castor oil really. My does wife's on the castor oil lot. deal. That's Some kind I, of stomach patch that's deal. What she's I, doing right that's now. what I use as lotion. Castor yeah, oil. I do Coconut too. oil mix. Y'all rub castor oil all over yourself. I do. Yeah. I rub it on the bottom Cast, of my feet. Yeah. I use country crop. What's Not the castor oil? <laughs> uh, you have to get hexane, <laughs> hexane-free, <laughs> cold-pressed. Yeah, cold-pressed. Organic castor oil. But I have a. I have a. Uh, a friend, um, she's an elder native woman who lives in Maine who treats cancer naturally. And um, one of the steps of the treatment is a three-month treatment, and she's treated uh, about 125 patients, and she has them go to the Western medicine doctors to get diagnosed. And if they choose to do the chemo radiation route, she's not going to discourage that because mm-hmm. everybody gets to make their own decision. But she also concurrently does her um, treatment protocol, and then some also just elect to do her treatment protocol. And of those 125 cancers of all different types and grades and severity, she has still 115 alive, like 15 years later. Uh, um, and one of so there's my point being is there's so many natural medicines out there that do so many amazing things, and I just wish they would put an ounce of 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 yeah of these study monies into that stuff but it's how can you regulate nature is the problem and how can you make money off of nature and how do you know what's i mean what's accurate right i mean mean, i've always heard you know the whole saying you know you rub some cayenne pepper on your 
mama's belly and she'll pass a baby boy. <laughs> if you rub it on a cat's ass, it'll pass a motorcycle. <laughs> I mean, so there's something to the cayenne pepper, yeah. too. So I do. Cayenne pepper is great for your like, immune system. Yeah. Every, it's very good for pain. Every few okay. mornings I'll do lemon oil, yeah. cayenne pepper. And water. Water. Um, I'll even add some more stuff to it. <laughs> he laughing at. He thinks I'm ridiculous. No, thank no. you. Thank you. Finally, it's great. No, it's I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's but great I'm for you. Yeah. It's great you know for why you. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. We're not supposed to talk about my stories. It's all about the guests. But I had the crazy dream I expressed to Martinez. <laughs> okay, now I'm laughing. Uh, on Monday, and so Doc, here's the deal. I may not be the healthiest, but I have a very clean butthole. I've always has that has that been like secondarily examined and confirmed, or is that just self-confirmed? I'm not sure. Is that joke confirmed? Okay, okay. So much hair. I'm so much hair down there you can't see it. Doc, I'm just saying. Clean it is. I will not poop unless there is a shower handy. (laughs) (laughs) You get completely undressed too. So what I do is is I back up I back up to the spigot there and I do uh, several different motions. Mm -hmm. But the the goal is is to be sparkly clean around my starfish. It's like having a hole in your socks. It'll wreck your day if you got a dirty butthole. And I know you're female and you're native, so you don't have the hair problem that I got. But I'm picturing it. It looks yeah. like Willie Nelson. I can picture okay. it. Okay, <laughs> Sasquatch. So, so when you guys Willie talk Nelson about rubbing Sasquatch. lemon oil and castor beans and all of this stuff <laughs> all over, beans. what I do is I too rub almond extract, uh, kiwi. Whatever my wife washes her hair with, mm-hmm. that Suave has per- put out that month, that smells good. Yeah, that's how I'm cleaning. S- suave with like, with all its hormonal disruptors yeah, right. in it. That's you a great the, place to put your. You look at the bottle topical. and you can't pronounce anything yeah. on it. Go but right God, into your rectum, into your body. Yeah. No, but I mean, Ajax is going to start shrinking. Your tank. I actually been thinking exactly what you said, Doc, because I, I was watching a deal and it was these people who were like putting drugs on their butthole right because it was or in your belly button or in your yeah. belly button because it was the quickest streamlined way into the blood system right the belly button yep. not work no the casserole on your belly button i do that there we go the casserole is, like is, is there a video oil. Sorry. of People. me putting castor oil in my belly button <laughs> i don't i mean i wouldn't mind seeing it but <laughs> i'll send you a video tonight i'm just thinking <laughs> baby oil on your butthole i don't put no oil on my butthole i think about it it's just gonna it's nothing's gonna stick is this so here's what the dream was bill yeah please please let's get to the dream and you probably native you could read my my dreams this is something that me and joe try to work through each other is uh, Joe is a dream reader. So under your dream. So if you got a dream you want me to read, oh, I'm more than happy to do. Reader. My <laughs> dreams would be. I'm all about it. Yeah. We'll give we you the number. Hey, let's we, call. We Joe, let's, we can let's, it out. let's go there after your, your okay. story here. So Sunday night, it's about three o'clock in the morning, I guess. I have this dream that that sound like Martin Luther. The King. witching hour. I have the a devil's dream. hour. I walk. This is in my dream. I walk into the bathroom, and there's the full height mirror. And I look at myself. From Mark, the side or? However. And he well, you know, poop in a all dream, over him. In a dream, you see your whole body, right? But he sees poop full everywhere. Frontal. 
I'm, full frontal. It's a wreck. I'm, it's like I got one of them fancy video cameras that you can see yeah. all the way around. Yeah. Or in a new Chevy truck where you can see the cars yeah. on the next you know. Trailer like. behind you. Okay, so I've got that's how I dream, like I got one of them cameras on a fancy car. And so I see myself and Bill, I have probably and I called Martinez first thing in the morning. I've got an eight to ten inch oh boy. Two to three inch wide turkey waddle growing off of my butthole. Whoa. I said poop. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. Whoa. And so, they call that a dingleberry. So, no, it was a complete... <laughs> That's a dangleberry. It was a complete turkey waddle. Did with, it have a piece of hair hanging it, from it the looked like a cat. It looked like it. a cactus a little bit. Oh. It had the turkey waddle hair. It was Bluish the color grayish. of the turkey waddle. Bluish grayish. And Jeez. so I'm thinking in my mind, how do I clean oh, no. this turkey waddle after I poop? This is like your worst nightmare ever. <laughs> Let's go back to your childhood. <laughs> this stems from control <laughs> issues. So in my, I have no controls of a so child. In my dream, I go in, <laughs> I go in and I poop and then I get in the shower and I clean the turkey waddle real good. It's a part of my body. It's not like a turkey waddle is in me. It is part of, part of me. Okay. And in my mind, I think, how in the hell do I sleep with this turkey wall? What am I going to do with this thing? Did that grow overnight? <laughs> like, I, I think it like had been Jack there the since beanstalk. I was a boy, this turkey waddle. Because it was like, I had just <laughs> noticed the turkey waddle. And so I'm thinking, how am I going to sleep with this damn turkey waddle? And so in, in my dream, I think this is what I do. I got to put a pillow between my legs to, to gape a little bit there naturally, yeah, and let this old out. turkey waddle hang out my butthole. Mm. And just like that, I wake up. Whew. Where and you're just like, whoa, what a relief. <laughs> and my, my, back my, back wife, my wife's little size two foot was crammed up between my legs. <laughs> 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 I was going to say that. And so I think uh, she probably put lotion on them. Before she exactly went to right. So I noticed that I feel this little little foot between my legs there, and I run into the bathroom and thank God there was no turkey. What a relief! Did you honestly think and, they would use the Hell yeah! Every time I've robbed a bank, I've honestly thought that the money was under my bed <laughs> in in the dream. And it's always in quarters. You know what I'm <laughs> I mean, it's in like those bags with the big yeah, dollar yeah, sign yeah, on it. Yeah, big old like a monopoly <laughs> bag. That's when I robbed shit. Just gripping that son yeah, of a you got to hand words. me that canvas bag with the rope tied around with a big dollar sign on the outside of it. Or I didn't really. Ru- Do you have dreams like that, Doc? No. no. You never had a turkey waddle. I have very waddle. prophetic dreams. I've <laughs> never had a dream about a turkey waddle. Yeah. Me okay, neither. but not not about the turkey waddle. But let's hear one of your dreams. We're oh, gonna but, we're gonna analyze but, your dreams. But 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 we were on. I did have a dream about eight years prior to nine eleven, exactly that scenario, Whoa. and I told my family too, and they remembered. Wow. Oh, no kid. Really. My sister had a dream uh, about a local orthopedic surgeon dying, and literally two years later, he, they found him dead. And he was the healthiest. He would run marathons, and he ha- was See, found dead on his run. That's why. This sucker right here. I go. That's why I do not run marathons today. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I'm just ex- saying. The healthiest thing. This sucker you, Martinez. About a month ago, I'm going on a family trip in a big giant bus, and he calls me the morning I'm leaving, and he says. 
He does not answer. I'll leave him a message. <laughs> yeah, he leaves a message. Don't take the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Isn't that what friends are supposed oh, to do? No. <laughs> what was that girl? Do not get on the plane. She's like, that guy is not real. Did you see that TikTok? Yeah. I, I, I was actually had a dream not about real. a fiery crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, scary. The, the morning he's leaving. <laughs> yeah. And he'd, he'd been telling me for two days, and what am I supposed to do? Was I not supposed to say anything? <laughs> Maybe it delayed him enough that he avoided whatever fiery crash he yeah. actually did. So get on the he did. He did an hour later than he was supposed to. That's exactly right. Good job. You Good saved this life. Save your life. Is there a this part? This episode is brought to you by Joe Martinez. <laughs> is, is and there... turkey waddles. Do, do we believe that there is a a healing from dreaming oh i yeah, yeah absolutely i hope i heal from my dream people. last night didn't work out for that so doctor you, she was talking about but i don't i don't i don't <laughs> there's some sort of cia documentation supposedly about how they were doing studies on controlling people's dreams and that people actually travel in their dream for real like their spirit i don't know you know you just yeah who knows but i i, I certainly travel in my dreams see i so, don't I, mine aren't is I feel like Either, I'm working out. Some days I wake from, up from and a, from a yeah. Either from not. a Native American aspect. What are your thoughts on dreams? Well, I mean, I think you're connecting directly to spirits. You think it's energies. past or future more? more it's like. all I think it's present. All. I don't think we have a concept of time, really. I mean, we have our concept of time, but I think there are parallel times that are occurring all the time. I agree with you, Doc. But I mean, you know, to, just to round it back to plant medicine. Is that I don't know how we, we got off topic. <laughs> it goes quick around here. Peyote. Had to do with a size two yeah. Foot. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot Peyote about that. Peyote is, um, is a great medicine as far as pain-relieving medicine for elder people because it doesn't create that mental effect and it helps with pain. So like a Peyote tea. Micro. Yes, micro. Yeah. would be It's is beautiful for pain micro. control. Well, you go, like and, you go macro on peyote it can get pretty wild. I yeah, got made a little micro of that bullet wall. But ago. that is also, you know, a <laughs> treatment macro, in and of itself. <laughs> and now they're studying LSD and how it can help cluster headache, migraine headache. So they should use me for you went to college, wasn't it? I the, know. Right? Um, Bill. What? Is that where you went to college? LSD. Yes. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry>. yes. <laughs> Again, load. <laughs> Bill's one of the OGs of the LSD. <laughs> That's right. Maybe a little, you know, too much, maybe? No, probably no, not. There enough. was that not one enough. that. Just enough. Just I think. I think there was that one that had strychnine in it, and I had to do a Thorazine just to get over it. <laughs> I, I, I do really, I do really love that story by Paul Stamets, who talks about how he did stutter and when yeah. he climbed up into that tree and he took a macrodose of mushrooms. Um, he saw a thunderstorm rolling in, and he thought, but it was just when the mushrooms were starting to hit that he should probably get out of a tree because it's a mm -hmm. lightning, lightning and thunder coming. But he couldn't move, and so he just sat in that tree and had a beautiful experience. And, and right after that, he never stuttered a day in his life. Rode out the thunderstorm so, in that that's tree. That's crazy. Is that true that's story? How that's true, true story. story, and that's how powerful plant medicine is. It was on so, that Netflix. So Paul Stamets is like the mushroom guy. He's the like the leading, leading guy on fungi. Maybe we just need to do a show about mushrooms. Yeah. So, you know, you my, gonna, my philosophy... You going to administer it? I got a, I got a guy. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'll watch it. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's not... She was born during a thunderstorm. still not legal. I know, right? I, and which I think is really sad that it's not, it's not legal. Because I yeah. think it's you can legal? really get... No. Well, I, I can't... I'm Although the federal government has kind of 
said, you know, we're not really looking at that anymore yeah. so much. We're kind of turning a blind eye because so, there's so many states, I mean, cities and towns and things like decriminalizing it. Let me, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Uh, with mushrooms, what are like age limits on that? So like, I don't think kids should smoke marijuana. I don't think kids should, or <laughs> people should smoke marijuana until they're 21, 23. Well, the, the problem with that is, you know, one of the original developers of cannabis treatment, it was developed to treat a child that had epilepsy and it stopped their True. epilepsy. So it's, I think True. just like anything, it's yeah. the judgment of, um, a medical mm-hmm. professional or, yeah. you know, the parent's decision. I, I certainly don't think that you should just throw everything at kids in a developing yeah. brain. Or, let alone a large dose. But, but there are like a, specific a times in which it can be beneficial mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for That's children. Right. I don't know about, I, you know, I don't know what mushrooms would do for a child unless they have some sort of brain is your so your day-to-day practice right now is on the PTSI or PTSD? Yeah, so, so I do a lot of chronic pain management and PTSI, but I don't use narcotics. I use a lot of alternative therapies. And you're in Tulsa? Um, I'm in Tulsa, and then I also work um, out here at a a Petty Medical Clinic, but my uh, Tulsa clinic is Inspire uh, Inspire Medical Spa. And and so is it word of mouth from one guy to the next that you... Usually how that works. Can we get like a free referral? (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you one. Here you go. (laughs) So it's in Tulsa that you do... The, the treatments yes. for PTSD. Yes. Yeah. And here. I do it here as well. And the okay. eye stood for what again? Post-traumatic stress injury. Oh, injury. Petty Medical Clinic right here in the market. Okay. Just right here. But uh, gotcha. across from the big jewelry store, Beckman's? Is Blakeman's. Blakeman's. Yeah, yeah Blakeman's. Yeah. So uh, a, a daily schedule for you at, at work, how many patients do you see? I mean, it really honestly depends. In Tulsa, I'll... I'll I'll see probably just about 10 because I don't, a lot of times those patients take up some time. I, you know, I also do ketamine infusions for the right people. What is that? Really? Ketamine is an anesthetic that we use in children. So if they break their arm, you can give a child in the ER ketamine and it'll put them in la la land. So you can set the arm and cast it before they wake up and they don't feel the pain. They, they dissociate from it. But in adults, um, it really does benefit patients who have chronic anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, and chronic pain that are resistant or are not benefiting from other traditional therapies. Um, so it can really help them as well. It creates. So you're so many days Ketamine's in Tulsa and then so many days local here. Yes. Do you live here in North Western? I do, yeah. Ketamine might be the first one to be like an actual treatment. It is drug. an actual treatment now. It's not covered by insurance, just like okay. anything. Um, and just like anything, you know, as anything that's good. Um, and, and you also, that's part of being a, a medical practitioner is knowing which patients would benefit from which direction of therapy. Not everybody's going to benefit from everything. Where, where did from you the learn same this? Thing. That's where I was I just um, educated myself and just, um, I, I've been connected to a lot of healing practitioners throughout the last six or seven years. Um, who aren't traditional doctors. They're mm-hmm. not even naturopaths. They're just like shamans and healers. Yeah. Um, and, and I've seen the patients go through these different therapies from ayahuasca to psilocybin um, and even DMT um, ketamines and all that stuff. What so does I've your father think of this? Was your father a, a book doctor or was he more of the combination? 
he's a book doctor, but he's also not closed minded. You know, it's not something that he would personally pursue, but he also understands the importance of it. And so if there's something that, that you feel, do you counsel with your yeah, dad? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. As far as ask his opinion yeah. on things? Um, no, I mostly educate him on that because he's he's kind of the older generation where they didn't even right. talk about it. So um, how does so he feel about a lot, lot of these new medicines that you're... He's very open to it, but he... They're not, not new. Yeah, they're well, not no, new. Exactly. They're not, it's not something he would do for himself. But it may be new to him as do, far as... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, he's open to listening, and he understands the benefits that they can provide, for sure. W- will you have anything to do with the school of medicine that opens? I would love to. I, I don't... I don't... I don't currently, uh, yeah. but I would I would love to do that. You know, a lot of the, like I said, the treatments I do um, really can bring permanent change, positive change into people's lives. But unfortunately, because it's not covered by insurance, it's difficult to right. to get people to understand. So if somebody had some kind of ailment or disorder or whatever that wanted, they felt like they wanted to go see you, how would they do that? Um, they could just call my office. Um, I, I don't know. I could give the phone number yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so at the, my Tulsa office is 918-340-6495. How far um, is your office from a dis- dispensary of marijuana? Next they're door. all over the place. I know. All over the place. Same number. I do. I also do. <laughs> me- I, <laughs> I also do medical marijuana recommendations, um, and I've done it from the beginning since it opened in Oklahoma, and I also do them here in Arkansas. Although Arkansas is very limited on what they allow, Oklahoma's really like recreational, to be honest, because right. you can even mm-hmm. give get like a temporary thirty day oh, wow. license for you, you know cut on your tag. arm or yeah. whatever. But, you, but you also have a place here in Arkansas, and where's that at? So it's at Petty Medical Clinic. Um, it's in the market, uh, 3201 South Market Street. Uh, the phone number, I don't have that one. Oh, memorized. Bill, 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 Bill will do it. Yeah. Yes, that number Petty would Medical. be 479-254-1005. That's exactly what it is. That's right. Look at that. So, And you can just walk right in. You can just... Call and make an appointment. As a matter of fact, uh, you said Petty. They've got room yes. for recommendations for referrals right now. When yes, I first absolutely. went there, I had I'm to have for a, a referral. Oh, go check them out. I'm not kidding. He's I've a, been he's quite a satisfied very good, there. Dr. Petty is a very good primary physician, and he mm-hmm. definitely thinks outside the box um, from right. a hormonal. So if I wanted to go up there and see you, that I just make just an appointment. You just can call and make an appointment. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sarah. Yes, I want to talk to Dr. Sarah. That's so Typically, huh? I'm just telling that spell. So, (laughs) and so for our listeners and our guests, you don't do math, but you do spelling. I do. I actually want a lot of spelling bees. Okay. Okay. Listen here. So for our what didn't you win for for our (laughs) hosts and our our listeners? I'm not wrapping this show up right now, but I think it's important to me and to our listeners. You obviously have mentorship that's carried you. Not to say that you you're not a flag carrier and and you're the one who's driving the stake in the ground, but I'm. You are. So you matter it, first. Okay, right so here. that's all. That's <laughs> cooking up a story. That, no, that I mean that's that's awesome because, you know, we typically when we talk to people who are really top of their game. They have a long list of people that they they used as crutches to get them to that point. Right. And you. 
Well, I, I mean, I think my dad is the first example for Absolutely. me just of being successful in the medical field because he's very he's a very excellent doctor and independent it sounds like absolutely and how many babies is he i don't even so thousands. many because the 84 i think is when he graduated yeah. and he still works to this Today. day for cherokee nation and he instructs the residents at osu in tahlequah and he's 70 Wow. And you wouldn't know it. He yeah. looks amazing. You don't have any idea how many babies he's... Thousands. So Dr. Tucker from our little local town, they had a deal on him years ago, like 5,000 babies. Yeah, he's delivered thousands. Oh, I bet. So is and I even would see patients in my orthopedic practice who said, that, your dad delivered exactly, this child. Yeah, your yeah. dad delivered... Me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 Right. Is, there, is there a particular patient and i know you you've got rules and restrictions on that so you could tell the story however you want to tell it but is there a, a particular patient that showed you that this idea this theory this service that you give is the real deal i mean it was was there an individual that sticks out in your mind that you knew that 100 percent bam when you did life. this skill could you Absolutely. I mean, More than the one. very first patient I had that I spoke of, that elder gentleman, just overnight, his world changed. And the second one is the one I talked to you about that had complex PTSD with dissociative identity disorder. And that patient went in two years from living in her house to flying on a plane. To, yeah. She now she she now goes to retreats and she'll she she's a very vocal about the therapy and she talks about, about it and is very much an advocate but goes to retreats you know in the mountainside and, and is living and enjoying her life again i mean it is just transforming i have another patient who drives up from ada oklahoma to see me in tulsa which is quite a long drive mm -hmm. and, he, and this patient's also a veteran and it was so transforming in his life and he was actually native too he brought me an eagle feather which is very wow. much an honor to thank me for just the life-changing treatment and the thing that i see over the last six years is that this is a permanent progression of change it's just not something that goes away as a matter of fact i just had a patient today who's a veteran as well an older veteran um, who was had tried for many years through the VA to try and get help with his PTSD and was suffering night terrors, nightmares, nightmares, just could not sleep. Happened upon Dr. Petty's clinic and me, and I did an, an injection on both sides. Haven't had, haven't had a nightmare since. Mm. Is it well, and this has been six, <clears throat> seven, eight months. Are you seeing it uh, amongst all forms of trauma? Yes. From childhood Yes. Sexual yes. traumas. And Absolutely. Now the amount of injection somebody needs or the time they need the treatment is going to be different depending right. on the severity Obviously. of their trauma. Mm. Um, but, you know, there was a patient that drove in from Arkansas. I think it was outside Mina to see me in Tulsa. And I injected this patient and the mother called on the way home crying and said, like, this is the first time my son's sleeping in the car, resting. Like, it's the first time I've seen my child relax so in there's 25 no, years there's this isn't a placebo this no. isn't you counseling them 
you know, through conversation and saying this is going to happen. This is an actual Bring reset of the brain that's yeah. happening. That's why I say system. I need to probably do an official study to, to, to show that that's the case, but just anecdotally of the hundreds of patients I've treated, um, it's, it's benefited them so much. I mean, even patients with schizoid, schizoid and schizoaffective disorder, schizophrenia, um, it's helped. So them. is this it's predominantly just medical issues or is there or, or, uh, trauma? Yeah, I mean, trauma-based issues, or like physically, say stomach issues. Oh yeah, I had a patient that was about to have a complete hysterectomy because she had such bad abdominal pain chronically, but they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So the only assumption was it must be coming from her gynecological area. So they were going to do a hysterectomy on her. She just happened to hear me on the Pat Campbell show in Tulsa, and so called my clinic and had the injection and she's not had surgery and this was three years ago she's not needed it oh her abdominal pain went away Mm -hmm. well i'm gonna be a busy bee we're gonna get you so much (laughs) so so my my son lane is he's here with us he he just came in he's wanted to kind of hang out here let's have lane describe what his stomach issues are (laughs) (laughs) we already talked about a turkey coming out of someone's rectum so you so put them on that mic. It's, I eat a lot of like greasy foods, a lot of home food, you know, and sure, stuff like that. Really, it'll get me down bad, you know. And yeah, it's my stomach will cramp, you know, real bad, and I I need to like I, I have to lay down, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's there's nothing that'll quite get me right, you know. Right. I have to. It's constantly that, and I've mm-hmm. kind of resorted to smoking marijuana or, sure. or ingesting some kind of cannabis Absolutely. to help that and mm-hmm. and, and i haven't found very many uh things that have helped helped me a whole lot right and so i've just been kind of curious about that and looking forward to something finding something that would help me out and this is something he's had since he was a kid oh really right. you should go yeah. to petty medical clinic and how consistent is it oh i've Daily, I mean. Have you tried the Have you tried the RSO cannabis, the Rick Simpson oil? No, man. I would try that form of cannabis. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, it might have something to do. I'm not a GI physician, but it might have something to do. He's been to every specialist. Yeah, (laughs) I've had. Your body can't break down certain things. Yeah, Yeah. so you would need digestive enzymes like papaya seeds are a very good digestive enzyme. What was the last thing they put you on? The the oxmile or something? Uh, Yeah, it was oxmile. I was taking pills and it was like freeze-dried ox bile to kind of help because I had uh, gallbladder problems. So Mm -hmm. my stomach was overproducing bile and so after I had my gallbladder taken out, I wasn't producing enough bile. 18 years old, 17 or 18 years old. Yeah, I mean, I always recommend for gut things, digestive enzymes, prebiotics, probiotics, aloe concentrate, um, definitely the mushroom family. There's a there's a company called Mudwater mm. that creates a mushroom blend, a morning yep. and an evening one. Mm-hmm. I would definitely do something like that as well and also create a food diary um, because you don't really know what's triggering it unless you know exactly what you're eating every day. Um, in some cases, I recommend patients do go and become vegan for a particular period of time and then start reintroducing foods uh, into their system one at a time to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, a food diary. I, yeah. I've never heard of that. 
Castor yeah. oil. Castor oil. Right. I'm yeah. a huge fan button. of castor oil. Yeah. Absolutely in your belly button. Yeah. So that's what she says. It's like deep penetrating oil. There's not really another oil that deeps that it penetrates as deep penetra- as that. When you Absolutely. say penetrating oil, I think a WD-40. Does that work? <laughs> I'd stick a little WD-40 <laughs> up there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, abdominal pain like that can be a yeah, nightmare. That, yeah. Absolutely. I, I feel for you there. <laughs> but that's well, some you, things I would. Yep. Yeah. What? So along those lines, what does your diet look like? I was vegan for five years. Um, I had I was diagnosed in residency with ankylosing spondylitis, which is an autoimmune condition. And as a side fact, women oftentimes response to trauma is to to develop autoimmune conditions way more so than men, which is just an interesting side fact. Um, and so what ankylosing spondylitis does is it attacks your pelvis and your spine and it auto fuses. So you see those people that walk around like stiff fused forward and they can't move. That's what that is. And so the way I controlled that is with diet and, and yoga and exercise and things like that. And one of the things that I did was I went vegan for five years and cleaned my diet up. And it, it was like, I haven't been. I haven't suffered really from those since that. And then after that, I started introducing food. And mostly my diet today consists of buffalo meat. I don't do a lot of cow meat, if at all. I don't do pork, unless I absolutely don't have any other meat. Um, I do a lot of whole fruits and vegetables. Uh, I do a lot of just natural supplements. I drink aloe on a daily basis. I drink a lot of water. I I do a lot of mushroom blend in my teas and things like that. Do you know um, what else you do? What? Well, on September 23rd. <laughs> that's right. All right. In, your in, mother's that's birthday. That's my mother's birthday. Your mother's birthday. Yes. Um, in Springdale, Arkansas. Uh-huh. You are our official whoop, whoop. doctor at the judging table of the world champion squirrel cook-off. Squirrel. All right. I'm game. That's You're vegan, game. isn't it? Just don't I'm shoot. It's vegan, 100% organic, Just don't make all me natural. shoot them. No, yeah. you don't have I to shoot I can clean them, but I can't shoot you them. Just, are you currently or previously, have you ever been allergic to squirrels? No, I'm not allergic to anything. Same. Great conversation piece, but you are a judge, September 23rd. Okay. Um, Bring your mom. We'll so, celebrate her birthday. So, I'll bring a cake. So we, come, come hungry. Squirrel cake. <laughs> we've all noticed. We've all noticed, and I've got a neighbor kid who's allergic to every damn thing you could be allergic to. And we've talked. Everybody talks. Well, when I was a kid, kids weren't allergic to anything. And then the mm-hmm. peanut allergy started. And then it, it morphed into I'm allergic to bread and grain. And then there's everything. Kids are allergic. It's hard to find a kid who doesn't have an allergic reaction to something. My children don't. Isn't that brought to you by Pharma? I'm allergic to corn dogs. Brought to you by Roundup. Right. Roundup. Is that what you're leaning towards? Well, there is several factors. Our water is not healthy. Do you believe in the fluoride that's bad for us? I do. I actually do. I do, too. I do, too. So the Roundup is a paraquat. All filtered. No. Is it not? Yeah. No. Paraquat. In that round that was Nixon. It's Paraqu- the, the glyphosate the glyphosate creates in people's bodies a gluten allergy. So it's not you're not really allergic to the gluten. You could probably go to Europe and eat their bread. Yep. Um, Italy, but you're you allergic to what's sp- sprayed on the oats mm-hmm. and the wheat. I got you. Um, and and all of that. with the peanut allergies, it's actually the mold in the, the mold. peanuts mm-hmm. that causes the peanut allergy reaction. Right. So 
So, so foods, it's not the peanuts. You know, all of the medicines, it's the molding, all of the, the peanuts injections, and how they process it. They store them for months at a time, yes. and they grow mold, and, and that's then, what. And then it gets processed, it gets dried or whatever, and creates you know. Yeah, because I recently read there's a certain way up. that you're supposed to process different nuts, and you're not supposed to just eat them like almonds. Like you know, yeah. almonds have arsenic in them, right. technically speaking. What? Right. Yeah. yeah. Arsenic. Yeah. It goes back a lot to that. of our a lot of our native artifacts out. actually were preserved with that. So you have to be very careful a lot of times when you get especially things that are preserved in like fabrics and things. You can't just touch it with your hands. Don't you lick your fingers. Poison. Yeah. So so I have a, a friend of mine who has a young son who's about a month old and has extreme stomach issues. Poor thing. And I mentioned to him that I had learned that if you get formula and you read the actual data on the formula my wife knew this shit because when our kids were on formula we used spring water or Mm -hmm. or something you're not supposed to use the water out of the tap Tap water because the fluoride in combination with with the formula is devastating to Mm -hmm. these kids and it's also very neurotoxic in children it Right. It, so, you know, the the idea of fluoride, they said, was to help you with your teeth. Make your teeth strong. And because no, everybody's teeth were really good back then. Oh, my oh. dad didn't go to a dentist. I, I think the first my time he went, to, went a to a dentist, dentist was when he was 21. And he has perfectly straight mm-hmm. white my teeth. Dad, now, his teeth were covered with like this layer of tartar yeah. or whatever. But when they scraped it all off, perfectly white. Mm-hmm. No cavities. So the fluoride... Teeth is actually a byproduct of the aluminum industry. And so they were looking for a place to stash all of this damn toxic waste. Right. Put it in everybody's water. <laughs> and they found out that the that the people that were working there, boy, they didn't have no cavities. Right. Their teeth were as hard as a rock. Mm-hmm. But they started getting like brown streaks through their teeth. Mm-hmm. And that was the toxins inside of the enamel trying like a meth head how they're, they're that meth is trying to come trying through to their teeth their own ear. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it was it was that kind of, yeah chewing on their ear and it makes their teeth fall out psilocybin so, is a really good treatment for meth addiction okay get that ratchet jaw so <laughs> there was one particular city that allowed this product in their water and sure enough boy the dentist stopped having so many cavities and then that leaped it into this big national deal. And then everybody thought, well, hell, my teeth are good. I need it in the toothpaste. And it started this thing. We absolutely do not need this fluoride in 100%. our diet at all. 100%. I think there's a city in Missouri that just recently outlawed fluoride in their water. Yeah, I think bless. I heard And that. I can't remember what city that was. Missouri being progressive. Let's go. Right. Well, I, I know, right? Let's go. And they're recreational. Show me. Yeah. There, Show yeah. me, State. There you go. There's count- Show me your round teeth. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's countless items that's put into our diet as byproducts. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like additives, my, our diet, dyes. As in the American diet. The American right. population. So my wife suffered from alpha gal, which yeah, is a tick tick born deal. And just in the last week, I've been listening to a podcast that's kind of exploring this alpha gal like how did it start and all of this and i think they're wrong me listening to them because i lived with somebody with it for so long 
But what we learned was like every time she'd go to the doctor before we knew what she had, they would put her on Benadryl, but in an IV form. <laughs> and the it Benadryl in the IV form was bovine based. Oh, wow. And so it would just add to her problem. Make it worse. And so we got a list of her prescriptions that she was on and she's had congestive heart failure and different things. Mm. And so we went through the list. Who would have known that they use hamsters in so many medicines? Like I didn't know there was a little hamster farm <laughs> where they're getting organs from Our a hamster hamsters. and turning it, <laughs> turning it into to medicine. But the gelatin in any gel capsule is yes. bovine, yeah, bovine, right? That's based. why I get veggie based. And right. so you can actually get veggie based. That's what yeah. we use. Yeah. Right. So as I was listening to this podcast on this alpha gal and, and they were coming up with black helicopter conspiracies. Right. I was just thinking how we use byproduct for everything, yeah. such as the fluoride and all of this. Um, in, in saying that, that particular disease where we live in, in the Ozarks, we are the mecca <clears throat> yeah. of tick-borne disease. And we're absolutely 100% the highest rate of alpha-gal is right here where we live. Interesting. It's is, there, in, is there a lot of people? I mean, do you know a lot of people oh, that have it? Oh, man, I've got, I've got a Facebook page, just Northwest Arkansas Alpha Gal. Wow. Your wife and Uncle Jerry. Only two wow. people oh, I man, have. I've known game wardens. I've known everybody. Wow. And so a lot of times when <coughs> people say they have a bad reaction, I'm, I'm a carnivore. Like on my list of diet, it's meat first and... <laughs> Sometimes there's stuff with the meat. Um, so I was worried sick when my wife got this. And I even told her I was going to have to wear a condom because I didn't want to catch the shit. And she said, you can't catch or it. Or as well. I said, I ain't going to risk it. Uh, Is that some of the beef-based condoms? So we're that turkey neck thing. Yeah. That led to a waddle coming out of my starfish. Oh. So the the thing is, is with that, because I'd never been around a medical issue before, and that was like the first one I'd ever been around, and it affected me. But right she don't have home. it anymore, does she? Sometimes. Sometimes it, it pops its head, but the things that have animal byproducts, cleaning supplies, um, you name it. So the people who's been an asset to her condition is religions like Hindu and things that can't be around animals. Th those religions have a voice to where these people in the Ozarks who can't eat meat no more, no one gives a shit. And so <laughs> when we talked about peanuts, mm -hmm. She was eating peanuts one day, and her head swells up, her throat mm -hmm. swells up, mm -hmm. and we read, and it said peanut and salt. So I dig into this deal, and in order to make a planter's peanut shiny, they got to put beef tallow on it. Uh, mm. But it's not enough sneaky. to be in the ingredients list. It's never easy. <sighs> and never so for, for these people who are suffering from this, the, the, you can't outrun it. Mm -mm. And because it's in everything, like mm. there would be, I thought, well, shit, she just really don't want to clean that bathroom. <laughs> 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 no, that wasn't it. When you 
dug into the cleaning supplies and it's you everywhere. read in there, it's there's everywhere. animal byproducts. You can Google byproducts from beef. How about bleach? No. Bleach is bad. You can, ble- you can clean the bathroom with bleach. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> bleach and mold but are supposed to be like one of the most toxic chemicals. Mm, bleach for and mold. Bleach yeah. and mold. Bleach is yeah. bad? Bleach on top, bleach on top mold. of mold, yeah. Specifically. Yeah, combined. <clears throat> no shit, that's all we use Hey, the, on hey, the trigger is don't let it get moldy before you put bleach on. <laughs> <laughs> use some of that sodium bicarbonate, baking soda and vinegar. A hundred percent of the yeah. time, whenever we have mold in a building. Bleach. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. 10% bleach to water solution. Oh, yep. That's a bad not, deal. Not a we didn't idea. say yeah. that. It's like it's like one of the most toxic chemicals. We don't call humans. it mold when we find it. It's organic matter. <laughs> it's organic matter. We don't even call it that. We don't call it anything. <laughs> we call it shh. Shh. <laughs> shh. Spray it up and tear that shit out and put some more on it. That's right. I, Hey, New sheetrock is the best medicine. <laughs> like for I all agree. Of that. Yeah, Tear it out. It up. <laughs> there was there was supposed to be. Like Bill had told table. us, and and we'll let you have a big bang finish. There's supposedly some amazing story that you had. Oh really? Huh? Uh, I think I've been telling it. She's I, had a. Sh- that's I, the story I, I'm uh, talking uh, about. So, I don't mean to degrade so all one the of other. The, no. <laughs> one Great of the, the things that I do because it really is my passion. And I, I try and help people that can't access medical care easily um, is I do travel or I used to travel up until recent events <laughs> that we won't discuss here, but um, to different places, uh, my native, different native tribes. Um, specifically, I go up a lot to South Dakota and I um, volunteer at the Sundance ceremonies uh, and I do my prolotherapy injections and my natural injections and the ganglion injections for a lot of those tribal members that can't access otherwise. Any Who sort suffer of a lot from suffer. alcohol and, yeah. and depression mm-hmm. and uh, suicide. That's what they're and given. And definitely given alcohol. Yeah, third world country up there. Um, and they're not near any mass transit or any jobs. or It's definitely a food desert and... So that's really my passion and, and something that I do, and I just travel a lot to try and help people. Is that like I yearly think. you'll go up there? Or mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, when and I that? often go to World Peace and Prayer Day. Um, no, what is that? Which is Earth Day. World Peace and Prayer Day is something where a lot of the indigenous leaders of all the different communities across the world uh, join together, either in person or via the TV system, um, to come together and pray for the earth. It's like a healthy world economic form. Absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful. A good one. Yeah. Is that the was that the special story, Bill? Was that mm-hmm. June Probably did you go not. June twenty first this year? Twenty second. It was twenty second? Yeah. Oh. So you just got back mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. <laughs> all nations, all faces. We're gonna yes. go with you. We're gonna yes. go with you next year. It's it's beautiful, yeah. Um it, they go to different places. I didn't get to go when they were in uh, Australia with the Maori. Uh, they've got a great Big hey, they got spiders and snakes in there. Australia. I don't care to go. <laughs> they have a great meat festival. <laughs> they yeah. do. They but do. I, I don't know what specific story. I think it's because I always tell different stories about my life. And How did you and Bill meet? Well, I just walked Bill. right in that door. He just walked right in and oh, brought me a bottle of, of wine. Son of a bitch, this guy needs some money. 
was. I could have given her a better one. It was a, it was a great winery, but not the best vintage. But, uh, <laughs> at any rate, she uh, she left it open. Fritz? No, was, <laughs> I won't name the winery because I'm. We won't name it. Uh, but gotcha. she did let it breathe for a while, and it improved. It improved. It did improve. But you know, sometimes a bad vintage from Napa is still pretty good. Wine. Bill's a hell of a guy, ain't he? He is amazing. Yeah, he just wandered into the clinic. That's how he found. Well, us. I tell you what, my I, I was I was. <laughs> He just really relating in. to your uh, your athletic stories because I feel like my my pain in my body is like a four hundred yard relay. Right. Because it like started in one ankle and you fix that and it, it handed it off to the other ankle. Right. And then that ankle you get that ankle feeling good with a little prolotherapy and stuff and it, it handed it off to the knee. That's right. And dang the knee. <laughs> He was in such bad shape. I was with him Bill it was one night when better. his knee gave out. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and I tell you, the knee handed it off to the shoulder. <laughs> Shit, next thing you know, it's going to yeah. hit that mouth, and we ain't going to have you no more. It sounds like it's on the way it's out. It's on the way out. Yeah. It's heading up there to just yeah. get the heck we out of get here. some of that turkey. Uh, prolotherapy. <laughs> what was the turkey? Yeah. PRP. And yep, a little now, PRP. What do you <laughs> think of uh, stem cells? We don't. We aren't able to use right. stem cells in the traditional sense. Um, and I would think that if it ever got to that point, it would be just like anything. I don't think anything really is a magic bullet, um, yeah. other than cloning somebody, I guess, <laughs> and getting the bad Taking DNA out. Who knows? Yeah. But um, only in, in the United States, we can only really use like bone marrow aspirate to try and get stem cells out of your body, or PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. Those aren't. They aren't stem cells, um, but they're a cell that can help your body as far as inflammation and pain and slow down the cartilage breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, and So I did do a little research. So you're kind of like anti-knife. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I try to do things that, you know, the body, if you provide it with the right tools, can really heal itself. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And knowing that we're not going to, I think the pain scale was one of the, toughest one of the the worst things that they developed and they developed that for the purposes of using narcotic medication mm -hmm. and so people think that they should be in zero pain every day and that's just not that's just not a possibility mm -hmm. we all have some level of pain but if you can get that pain to a level where you can function and enjoy life and enjoy your hobbies that's really the goal right. so i think it's also important to educate the patient on you know, what, what are their goals and, and yeah. what are the things that we can do and what kind of outcomes can we expect? And it's not going to be a pain-free right. outcome. Right. Have, right? have you read Peter Gosku's book, Pain-Free by Chance? I haven't. Okay. But so back to the operating, you know, if you provide the body with the right tools to get itself better, that's the best thing that you can do because once you cut on somebody, you can't ever take that back. Right. Um, and there's a lot of long-term studies that are coming out now about you know, rotator cuff repairs uh, probably aren't, you know, don't provide the best outcome 15 years later. Oftentimes right. you have to revise it. Spine surgery, once you operate on the lower spine, you're really destined to have a second one within two years. And so you're looking at multiple surgical procedures. And um, so I think as far as the field of orthopedic medicine, it's ever evolving and we don't quite fully understand. Um, and you shouldn't rush to anything. I mean, right. PRP injections for carpal tunnel work really nicely. Really? Mm -hmm. Instead of cutting open the have, hand. Have you guys, 
you know, I'm weird. I watch a lot of documentaries. But you? Yeah. No. I got turkey waddle. Um, <laughs> so, Is there a documentary on turkey? There's a podcast on it now. I'm, I'm, There's a podcast on it. I need to look into that. One, yeah, one, <laughs> one, one day there will be. But, you know, I, I, I watch a, a lot of historic documentaries, and it it's unique seeing when they find skeletal remains oh, of ancient people they always show like all of the the rebuilding of the bones from being broken right they show the the medical side of what they were doing to try to heal these things mm-hmm. and i'm gonna turn this into a weird spot but as, as a as a hunter you know a white-tailed deer is a amazing animal mm-hmm. that you can shoot a deer and skin it and see two arrows that from previous or years or, wow. yeah. that were in there awesome. and we'll shoot antlers from other deer where they've been fighting yeah and wow. and we'll harvest deer and when you actually have the animal down and you can go and touch it and see it and you see the arthritis and and the breaks because think about these little feet walking on this rocky ground that we live on and that sure make, they're gonna make no noise when they're doing yeah they're gonna mm-hmm. twist an ankle they're gonna break a bone and and it's always amazed me how tough this white tail is because even when we throw a bullet down range and we strike it this animal can survive and, and heal from these injuries. We've seen them to where their skin has been peeled off, you know, wow. from a car wreck. And so I always wonder, why is it that the most populated creature on earth, the one that supposedly rules this land, mm-hmm. is so weak Fragile. and the smallest of energy will cause you to be bedridden. Mm-hmm. And obviously the human body has this animal style healing right. that's Inside there it. but we've we've screwed that whole shit up by saying i got a pill yeah and we i need some fluoride in my water <laughs> milk builds strong bones which the vitamin <laughs> d was a byproduct mm-hmm. in milk mm-hmm. they were looking so for a place to throw it no you don't drink milk no most hispanic people Black people, people with pigment, were lactose intolerant. I'm kind of lactose. Crea- it creates inflammatory I mean, processes I, I, in the like body. I'm like borderline. Okay. Which like creates medical issues. It don't tear my guts up. It just gives me gas. Water gives him gas, and anything that's ever had water <laughs> well, gives him gas. I mean, <laughs> hey, I've been farting this old episode. <laughs> so, the, the thing is, is what I've learned from you is there's you've answered a question that I've had in my mind, that the human body can self-heal if given the opportunity and with the right education to us, knowing that maybe the oxy peel isn't the way to solve our pain. Maybe it's a lot simpler than that. And there's very few people that get addicted to plantain or mullein or any of these weeds that are out right. there or even mushrooms or prickly lettuce or the devil's lettuce yeah, yeah. Good pain. Or cannabis even. Mm-hmm. so i've learned a lot from you oh me and too I, and hey i'm gonna go check her out 
<laughs> yeah, yeah Joe. She's <laughs> I don't mean, I don't, hey, 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 I don't mean that. But uh, the um, the fact is, is that I would the whole team here and all of our listeners would be honored any time that you ever want to come in and you tell us the truth. <laughs> we, we'll call it that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because it's it's a it's a true thing that it, it's crippling our society, right? And the United States is probably the the pinnacle right. of being fed bad shit. And, right. and Aaron mentioned food, but man, it's the narcotics, it's the drugs, yeah, it's a whole lot. It's of, everything. It's I think it's everything. And and that's why COVID was so scary to a guy like me. I'm not a doctor guy, mm-hmm. and. It was hard for me to buy into that whole system mm-hmm. of people guessing, and I searched for the truth. Right. Yeah. I think you got a boatload of it this evening. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we got more truth tonight than <laughs> honestly. I do what seriously. I can. I, I, mean, so I appreciate you, you coming. His, let's hit you with this. Um, with all your your family's accomplishments with your family history with your accomplishments individually, uh, which I think is a, all of it combined is an amazing story. What in your eyes makes a quality woman? <laughs> wow. That's person. A, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I think a quality person is, we're just talking about the female variety. <laughs> I mean, I think it's somebody in our in our culture, uh, the woman is the the matriarch of the tribe. Um, we are powerful, powerful creatures that are closely connected to God. We can grow children in our bellies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're spiritual. We're powerful. We're magical. Uh, we take care of everything <laughs> and we're. And we're, you know, loving and... How many Indian women does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> One. <laughs> so so is, it, is it recognizing that and harnessing Recognizing those? your power mm-hmm. and, yeah, absolutely. And your self-worth. Very good. For sure. Thank you. Well, Very Dr. Knife Chief, my question typically talks about mentorship, and we've already walked down that road. So I'm going to bounce a little bit off of what Aaron said, and I'm not going to say what does it mean. What does it mean to be a quality woman, or what does being a woman mean to you? Mine's going to hit you on the side here a little bit, and so <laughs> the backside. <laughs> uh, what does it mean to be an American? <laughs> That's funny because I I guess I would be considered the original. You're OG. I'm the OG. the OG. You're an OG. I think it means understanding the importance of, to be honest, um, taking care of the natural environment that is providing us uh, the food and medicine that we need to sustain life. Um, for me, it's it's being proud of my my culture and my homeland. Um, I think that that really kind of sums it up. To I be mean, honest. you come I, from a, a, you mentioned your grandfather served in three different branches of the military. Yeah. You also served in the military. 
a lot of Native Americans. I mean, you got the Navajos who come up with the uh, code talkers. The codes. Yeah. We had several code talkers in the Pawnee you've, as well. You've had a lot of Native Americans who have been used. I mean, shit. Okay, I just said the word Native Americans have been used. It's pretty obvious. But you've got people, uh, Sanju, what's her name? Sacagawea. Sacagawea with Lewis and Clark, right? right? And that whole amazing story. Baptiste Bahail was actually Pawnee, yeah. and he was he assisted because he spoke three to, he spoke French, Spanish, and English, and Pawnee. I, and I, so he assisted Sacagawea and Lewis and Clark wow. as well. He just couldn't write it down, so that's why we don't know anybody <laughs> in history. And that was like your grandpa's brother, probably. It, it's a, it's a. With the way your family tree is, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's a, oh. So it's like the, the, of the first guy over here, the first. So, our show, I would like to nominate our show with with you being, uh, I'll call you a producer. <laughs> Excellent. I, I would like our show to do a. A, a few shows on Native Americans. And we're looking for those people with the okay. historical side. We've actually been talking about We've been this. talking about it. We wanted to do um, I've a actually, turkey farmer and, <laughs> and an Indian for our Thanksgiving. I think you lost all the turkey <laughs> but, farmers but, out of but the But we've actually talked about, you know, something as far as Native American, like former day like what they're doing politically sure. to help the the tribes and that sure. kind of stuff. I, right. the, and I've actually got another guy that's in the works, but, but yeah. Right. If, if we could get that and because that history, I can say it, it's searchable right. and whenever it's brought up, it's to piss people off. <laughs> you know, that's what the news is for. It's right. to piss you off and then it right. goes away. Right. But, Telling the historic side of family life, the reservation life, the fact that you had a grandpa that fought for three branches of the service, no one has that story. Right. That's, Very few. That's, that's such a unique deal. And it's a guy that went through the Christian betrayal of the Native American Right. who still signed up to fight in two wars for white people for this country. Mm-hmm. Well, I, because, I mean, I mean when, when it comes down to it, this is our original land. They are the original and owners of this land. But he fought on foreign land. Mm-hmm. Right. He wasn't protecting right. our borders at that time. Right. Still, he, right. But there is, just, there is a, me- a manipulation messaging when it comes to that, too. Right. You're right. You know? They make people think you're fighting for mm-hmm. this land, so and we can delve into not all our, that. Not our military. Yes. No. So, yeah. so, so that being that being said, you know, we're going to go into my question, which we heard a little bit about, you know, moving from California to Oklahoma mm-hmm. to, you know, you going to the military to playing L- being a pitcher for LSU. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a wide array of she's done great stuff. things. She's done some stuff. What is what is your favorite childhood memory? Wow. That's a hard one. I think No, it's not. Just narrow it down to one. 
besides <laughs> leaving sunny San Diego, of course. Uh, I mean, my favorite childhood memory would be of just the experience of growing up in California and the freedom, because back then we were really latchkey children. We weren't ever at home. So my brother and I would ride the skateboard you know, down to the beach every day, rollerblade. We'd be in the canyon all the time, you know, playing on the train tracks coming through. So I think just that, that idea of always being able to be free and open and connected directly to the earth that is giving you so much energy um, is my favorite part of my childhood, for sure. Red words, what do you got? Yeah, your redwoods. <laughs> That's okay. you still. Well, in this um, moving forward, <laughs> uh, in where we are, this time and age, and right. in your dreams of seeing things in the future, right. can you see through either one of those windows what we might see as a positive solution in resolving our pharma problems in the future that we hmm. will actually go to something good? That's a really question. difficult question to answer, and I think that would be really difficult. It would be a very difficult thing to do because there's so much money in that, and we all know that money right. controls I hope you have that everything. Dream soon. I hope I do too, and I mean, I think that 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 is started at the ground level with alternative practitioners already doing what they can so it'll be grassroots out of i i believe so for sure well that's and i think this this suicide crisis that's getting worse and worse has got to create some sort of change right that's an american deal that's why we're here it's 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 an american deal when it comes to suicide i i think that the lack of tribe has a lot to do with it absolutely and you know, all of these countries with low suicide rates usually have a massive dependence on the people around, around them. them. And right. that's because there could be a bomb, there could be right. terrorists, there could right. be whatever the r- religious reasons why they're going to come in and be mass murdered. And so they have this little bitty circle of dependence that keeps their mind right. And here right. we have, there's people that claim they have zero friends. Uh, right. That's the saddest. Is that not crazy? And it's so the lack, of, the lack of tribe adds to the idea that I don't need to see tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah, but right. Again, we lose the connectivity mm-hmm. to the human. That lights me up. Yeah. All right. Well, God, that was a great show. Yeah. I got some words for value for value. Please. Hey, the way to keep this deal going, obviously, you got several hundred dollars worth of value uh, after listening to Mrs. Knife Chief here. I'll go ahead and send my Venmo and cash (laughs) app over. (laughs) So you you got tons of value from this show, and and you received tons of value from other shows. At a minimum, your value back to us should be to share this show with as many people as you can share it with. If you want to extend on that, if you have time that you could add to our show, find us a guest, uh, promote us, whatever, that's the time. If you got talent, if you know how to make our show better, help us mm-hmm. out. 
we'll take it. If you want to make something for us, we'd like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Treasure. Treasure doesn't have to just be money. Right. Treasure could be anything that you can give to us. And when I say us, it's more than just the people that are on the show. It's to all of our listeners. If you got treasure that can add to the experience, we're all about it. We'll accept it. Then there's money and there's brown water and there's all of those things that you can add to the show. (laughs) (laughs) But it's super important when Aaron says like, share, subscribe, all of that sharing. I feel like that just sounds like generic when we say it, and but we really can't say it enough. Yeah, I think a lot of and this and we need to emphasize what that means. Episode, I think a lot of people can benefit greatly. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Whether it's reaching out to us to get in contact with Dr. Knife Chief. I think there's probably several people that's woke up thinking they had a turkey waddle. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say no. Or, or went to bed thinking they had one. That could be worse. And, yeah. and so, I mean, that, I don't know the price that you could add for the value that we got off that turkey waddle <laughs> story. Some turkey waddles. <laughs> or maybe but, just somebody woke up with a foot in their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Same deal. At least you'll know now yeah. that what, what the cause of that is. So, yeah. there. There's so much. Excellent guest. And I wish we could lead the show with saying that you're going to get value from this show. You need to share this show. And that's about all I got to say about that. We've we've had some really good shows. Don't do it. This one goes right up there with them. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is. There's a lot to benefit from this. Oh, lots. A lot. Just, just personally, just health. Hell, I feel healthier already. I do too. (laughs) You look it. I can tell. I mean, I've kicked my shoes off. You really do. You're glowing. Well, it's just your energy. I'm all kicked back. I got my shoes off. Let me describe the physical presence of our guest. Uh oh. This woman. Obviously, I was going to say she needs to be on a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say this woman, obviously dripping stuff in your belly button's good for the skin. (laughs) You you got good skin. Great hair. You got a great smile. The teeth are nice. No, that's, those are characters. Hey, we call Crazy. that chrome. <laughs> that's chrome. chrome. That's an I'm accent that you get on a fancy truck. That's exactly um, right. Obviously, the clean living that she's living works. Tulsa yeah. Gabbard ain't got anything on her. That's right. Screw her. Oh, Our, give me a break. Tulsi's great. Tulsi's great. I, I do enjoy some she's of her great. thoughts. She's great. Absolutely. But this old Dr. Knife Chief. silver in the hair. I wouldn't yeah. say old. This young Dr. Knife Chief is... Obviously, the glow in your eye, the the smile that you give, the Love's presence life. that you add to the room, the energy you can feel. It's yeah. it's the real deal. And I'm gonna cool. go home and Google some pictures of her on the mound. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? She's a, picture, she's a picture for LSU for God's sake. Oh, <laughs> you filthy Very bastard! Very good. All right. Woo. Good save, man. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get us out of here. Do you know what you said on the last show? (laughs) Apparently not. Yeah, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna mention that. Hey, as Joe said, share it, please. Share Share it it with a friend. Spread this word. I think there's a lot of benefit to be added. Oh, absolutely. To be provided to somebody that may be unhealthy or. Or whatever, share it because it's good information. It's or folks are getting healthy, or or wants to know about Native American history, yeah. or or anything. Um, Several aspects. Of, yeah. yeah. 
So like it, share it, spread it around. As always, we love you. Thanks for listening. They're into barbecue cooking women. Say they're good looking into me. There ain't a way to go wrong. If you're out at the lake or with the hippies getting baked, they're going to love it if you turn it on. If laughter and good times, tall tales and big lies fall under your category, get with Aaron and Joe's because you know you want to go and hear them cooking up a story. Just get with Aaron and Joe's, hey, you know you want to go and hear them cooking up a story.